The point is, uh, I can't fucking believe that. (laughs) Neither one of us had been approached by Facebook. And in fact, I'm just going to fucking say it right now. The horrible meeting that we had where they tried to charge us $30 (laughs) to get out of the fucking parking lot was Facebook. Okay, that's it, guys. So I'm going to say it because I give two fucks and I'm going to cry in the woods for a week. I did not know when we floated the idea of the newsletter to you guys. We didn't know that literally three days later, everyone you follow on Instagram would be announcing their newsletter. (laughs) This meeting is being recorded. Hi. Hi. How are you? Well, you know, I got to tell you something. I turned a fucking corner, I have to say. Really? Yeah, a little bit. That's just good. In time, just in time to uh, go cry in the woods for a week. Well, that's how it goes, right? You make a, a hair appointment and just the day before your hair looks amazing. <laughs> yes, Casey. Well, my hair... <laughs> does look amazing. Didn't even know if they were advertising on the pod today, but they are. I'm, I cracked open a Bev. Oh, Bev. She's always there for you. I love it. I love that you just had some Bev on ice ready to go. Well, it's six o'clock here. I know. That's PM. true. That's true. It's celebrating it's time. for time. my Bev. <laughs> well, no, I just, I really, first of all, I want to say... I want to ask a question. How is it having both of your kids in the house, back in the house? You seem, I want to say, lighter. Like, <laughs> you really do. Like, I think having Eli gone for this period of time was doing a thing to your brain that maybe you weren't even aware of. Yeah. Well, a lot of parents said, like, there's nothing like having your all your kids under one roof, which is true because... And other parents, maybe you can, uh, parents of older kids, like when you were selling your house, when you were getting ready to sell your house and like move across the country, all those kind of things. Did you have that thing where you kept like waking up in a panic? Like, am I doing this? Something's like something huge is going to change. And like, you almost feel like you're, yeah, obviously you're in the wrong spot or something's missing. That's Casey. <laughs> so fuck. This is almost like an insane line of yes, questioning. It is. It is. In, yes. Okay. It's so insane. So that's kind of how it feels when you know you have somebody who's out of the house, and I'm sure that it gets easier um, as they get older. But yeah, you feel a little bit like a part of us is missing. So it's very nice to have him here, especially after that long drive across. The country, which everyone was so nice to him on Instagram, following him on Instagram, people sent him gas money, which was so nice. They tracked so down nice. his really nice. One thing, really, yeah. One thing made me really laugh on his journey. What was it? <laughs> um, I don't know. He makes me know. really there laugh. There was one thing. He is really funny. He's very son, funny, and he's son. like, he's not. They're both wildly funny, and they both don't even try or even care about being funny, which is annoying to me. Um, They just, it just happens. It just tumbles out. Sometimes that does happen with people. Yeah. And they don't really. I I relate to Taylor Swift's lyric on this one. 
I try and I try and I try. <laughs> Is that the lyric? I don't even know, but it's like I do nothing but try. Yeah, I assume I, that I assume that's the lyric. They've both just been very funny. People always say, oh, you're biased because you're their mom. You think they're funny. And I would argue that I'd be biased in the other direction. I would ignore their funniness and pretend it wasn't happening because like what kind of life is that to wish on your kids to like this? By the way, I am never, I feel you and I are both this way with our kids. Like we (laughs) are hard on them. Like in a way that a lot of modern parents aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like I and it's not that I'm even like hard on my kids. It's just like I'm not I don't give it up easily for anyone and it doesn't matter that I birthed you out of my vagina. Yeah. Like if it's not good enough for me, I'm not going <laughs> to laugh. You know what I, I mean? like you got to like, I feel like on the when it comes to like the the like creativity and all of that stuff. I just feel like I'm protective of them because that's like a road that I've gone down. And so I don't want to encourage them or push them into something that I know hasn't been easy for me. So I don't want to be like, yeah, you should do this. It's like so fun and so easy. Yeah, It's not. It's not. So I'm like, if you have any inclination to do anything else, I'd say explore that first before you explore this. Because um, it's not the easiest thing. It's done a lot of good for me, but it's also like in the in the end, on my deathbed, what will what will the balance be? Like, will it have been as much sorrow as as joy? I don't know. We'll have to see. But I know where I stand right now. I'm like, don't do this. Don't try to do this. It's it's really it's not for anyone. But it's so funny because I feel the same way, except then. I feel like my kid's more talented than I ever was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's and entirely so then I'm like, possible. Yeah. And then you want to be supportive and, yeah, and you know, you have or you already have the contacts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, well. it's weird. I, you know, I have to say, like, I know people really hate nepotism, which luckily Ugh, I'm not love it. <laughs> I'm not in a position to really offer too much nepotism, but I've always felt like, like, what are you supposed to do if you're the kid and you like want to do something and you're good at it? Are you supposed to like run away from it? Because like people might say, oh, you're just here because your parents, whatever. Like it makes a certain amount of sense that children of people who do those things would have some like natural aptitude for it and be somewhat confident at it because they've been around it their whole lives. But as far as my kids go, I'm like work in politics, work in real estate, all those things that you're interested in. Well, politics is also not a pursuit that is easy slash fair slash based on like the things that you would hope it would be based on. Do you know yeah, what I mean? not at all. I think the advantage is I don't know anything about it. So anything they'd be like, if if my kids pursued politics, which they've been interested in in the past, if they pursued it, I wouldn't be trying to give them advice and trying to run their careers. I'd just be like, when they're telling me something about it, I'd just take their word for it and be like, yeah, that sounds like it sucks or that sounds like it's great or whatever. I'd just be able to take it, you know, the way parents are. Supposed to I do listen. have to say, though, like this has been interesting, this journey with Birdie doing the With Love TV show for Gloria and like just Birdie and I walked in this fashion, in the Batsheva fashion yes. show uh, on Friday. Like it, in it, you know, Birdie and I've at times <laughs> had a hard time 
connecting in terms of like they are just their own person. They don't want my opinions, thoughts, feelings, etc. about things. Yeah. But but you know, with 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 love, like the TV show, you know, they really it was really they really wanted me. Yeah. And they really like wanted, they weren't like, tell me how to do this, run my lines with me or whatever. Right. Like it wasn't that articulated or refined. Right. But it was like very clear that they were proud that I was their mom. Yeah. And that like my 20 plus years in this business was like something that they like just even I think I told I told this story, but just like the hanging your clothes every day yes, when you're yeah. done with work, like that stuff. Yeah. Like Bird like truly did roll their eyes at me. And yeah. rightfully so. I'm like a fucking annoying mom who's like giving no. them practical advice about yes, yes. a thing. Yes. However, then they like fully started doing it, you know, and yeah. like then got like props from the wardrobe department for right. right having done it. Well, I think that's such a great story because I think that I don't know. I think and everybody's different, everybody's different as a parent, but I think the biggest mistake that a lot of us make is because for whatever reason, we just don't expect anything of our kids. You know, we just mm. and I had a lot expected of me when I was a kid. I think sometimes <laughs> too much yeah. yes, because, you, you know, just because you of did. it was a it was a different time and a different situation. But I'm very grateful that I know how to do things that I learned how to do then. And it makes you confident and competent. And so I think like a lot of times it's it's much easier to not expect anything of your kids, but then you're taking on too much and it's not doing them any favors either. You know, it's like, it's a really useful skill to know how to wash your laundry. And I firmly believe that you can do a simple load of laundry when you're eight years old. And I think that you can get to a place where kids actually like, like that because even, well, you know, you don't like to feel useless, right? I don't like to. So I, I don't know, parenting experts, you can feel free to weigh in, but I think it's okay to like expect things of your kids. And even though they roll their eyes at you in the moment, doesn't matter. Well, for sure. Like eye rolling in the moment never matters because they're obviously going to roll their eyes at you. But, um, I had something that I needed to tell you. (laughs) Oh, my thyroid biopsy. Yes. Yes. And I mentioned it in the interview unless we cut it out because I think we cut the it interview out, was like yeah. four hours long. But, <laughs> and half of it was just us like talking shit. <laughs> we had to cut out. Which is fine. It's fine. Because we don't need to talk shit. Exactly. Nobody needs to hear us talking inside baseball Hollywood shit. Not even that inside baseball in my case. No, just like just I'm like, at the game. I'm I'm watching the game. At, we're from at home. the game, but we're just like our we're rolling our eyes at the game. But we're like, but also, can we play? Like, when when do we get to play? Put me in. Coach. We remember when we tried to play. <laughs> anyway, the truth is, the thyroid biopsy came back so good. Benign. Must, must be so relieved. 
Yeah, that might have something to do with me turning the corner because it also coincided with, I had a real, I had like a, like a 24 hours of like nonstop, like crying from my gut. Like, yeah. Like deep, deep crying. Yeah. And then I started to feel a little bit better. And then the doctor texted me. Yeah. That the cells came back benign. And I didn't even realize like how much maybe that was playing into a lot of what I had been like moving through. Yeah, I but, mean, you always say with that kind of stuff that, like, you don't worry about it. And I think that that's great, but I don't see how you couldn't be worried about it deep down inside, regardless of whether that's a productive use of your time. Wait, hold on. I'm texting. <laughs> You're texting Gina? I'm texting Gina Linetti and I'm asking her to just like, please stop fucking barking. Now, here's the deal with the thyroid though, guys. Since I got that benign cells, it does mean that I can get the radio frequency treatment to get it made smaller. Because it does, it does, it is like, a, they, these nodules are like really big and they yeah. are, they're, they're like pressing on my throat and it, yeah. I can feel it. It's not comfortable, you know? yeah. It's not comfortable. And anytime I wear a turtleneck, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. And I thought, literally thought, I'm not even kidding you. I convinced myself it was because I had been like choked to death in a previous life. Like that was where my head went. I was like, obviously I can't wear a turtleneck (laughs) or a choker necklace because I was murdered that way in a previous life. We have no evidence that that is not true. That's true, but also maybe it's just my thyroid is like strangling me and that any additional pressure on it feels like I'm going to be choked. Yeah, a little panicky. Well, it's that's, panicky. that's so good. I'm glad you're going to get that RF thing. So I'm going to get that done. I'll get that done after the retreat. I have some doctors here in New York that I was referred to that I'm going to see. But then also, you know, I've had this like mystery knee issue. Yeah. This is really turning into my very first podcast, We're No Docs. Yes. And I almost was going to call you and say, should Steve Ag be our guest host this week? Because I have so many fucking medical yes, ailments. so many medical and things. we have Lincoln with his seizing and yes. not knowing what exactly is going on there. This is essentially We're No Doctors. Yeah. We're, it's like a revival without Steve. He's so busy being a movie star. I'm happy for him. He's just like one of my favorite people alive. Like, yeah. just he's the really, best. really, he's really great. You know, and he's so talented and he's such a talented photographer and musician. Uh, and he's funny and a great actor. And just he's taken some really, great fucking pictures. Yeah. Just a guy. nice person. Also, like, he commented on one of my Instagram posts and sort of like miss gendered birdie on accident yeah and someone corrected him which people do police <laughs> the comments a lot for yes. that which is yes. like thank you and also okay is this the internet you know um <laughs> like this lady i posted all those pictures from the bet fashion show and this lady commented like "Ugh, this is just all so forced and i was like bitch i could not agree with you more if i tried yeah that's the point. It's a fucking fashion show. They don't just break out spontaneously. 
and I'm like posting it on my Instagram. You think? <sighs> Mary, take a fucking seat. Anyway, uh, I don't know who that lady is. I'm sure she's lovely. Uh, it's like the dumbest fucking thing to come. Obviously, it's forced, Mary. It's on my fucking Instagram, and it was a fashion show. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. Um, what was I saying? Steve. Steve. Somebody policed his comment. Oh, yes. And he just was like, oh, shit, my bad. Them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Steve, I fucking love you. Oh, shit, my bad. Them. Perfect. Perfect response. Um, another friend of mine who's an actor had texted me this whole long thing about Bernie and and had, like, questions about the pronouns and, like, about, like, blah, blah, blah. And I did the thing where, like, I read the text, like, because I'm on the East Coast, it was, like, too early to write back because yeah. the, they would have, like, they sent it not knowing maybe that I was on the East Coast or something yeah. at this point, but they sent it too late. So I got it in the morning and, you know, I wake up super early. So it would have been, like, three in the morning right. that I would have texted someone. But I was just like, that's, yeah. I try not to do that. That's fucked. I yeah. only really do it to you. <laughs> occasionally Emily Beebe. But anyway, so, um, but like, so it was so nice and so like sweet and open for this actor dude to text me about Bertie. And I just in my head thought that I had texted back because <laughs> I read it so early. And I did it. And then like, I, like four, three or four days later, I got another text from this guy and he's like, I'm so sorry if I offended you by... And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I really thought I texted you back. Oh, no, it's gosh. chill. Everything's fine. <laughs> like, you're good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's nice. But also, I'm glad they followed up instead of just assuming that you're a bitch and you didn't write back and they offended you and whatever. Because I feel like that happens sometimes. But I have been noticing more people lately reaching out and saying, sorry if I offended you, which I think is... um. It's good. It's progress. It's non-toxic humanity. I think that is progress. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) But I do hate when I make, like, when someone teases me and then I tease them back, like, online, and then somebody's like, sorry if I offended you. And I'm like, no, I was just playing back. I was like, (laughs) you you can't, like, roughhouse with someone and then be nervous that they're going to roughhouse back a little bit. But texting, texting, tweet, this is why this is, like, all such an unfair thing like none of it you can't we still are not able to like really understand tone yes and nuance yes over text or tweet or honestly just the internet period yes yes or irony yes or like it just like all of it gets sort of like jumbled together and lost in translation and then and then you're just like in a fight with someone you're like wait what just happened right but also maybe that person's a fucking asshole (laughs) But like, you know what I mean? But then you're just like, I don't, you're just in it. You can't get out. Yes. I don't fucking know. It's very, it's really complicated. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, like this presumption of intimacy sometimes happens. And then we were talking about parasocial relationships and how that's like the phrase du jour. And I think sometimes that happens too. Is that like, like a lot of times somebody will make a joke to me and I'm kind of like, it'll catch me wrong. Cause I'm like, you don't know me like that, you know? And so I, my response and it's so passive aggressive is to just say, I don't get it. 
and then like because I think on closer examination if that person were like oh if I were try to explain this joke and what I meant I now see that it is actually kind of rude and I'm a dick and so so that's when I'm- also by the way a great as we are thinking the holidays coming up that is actually a great way to handle any sort of um you know I am a firm believer in like confronting like racist family members and or like insane family members. Yes. But one way to really, if you're like nervous about it or whatever, is to slow play it like Casey just said. And you just say like, I don't get it. Why is that funny? But like not in like a, you can't be like antagonistic in your tone. You have to be just like very genuine. Like, yeah. wait, explain to me. What does that mean? Explain that to me. What does that mean? I don't but get wait, it. why? You can literally just repeat, I don't get it. Yeah. Until and the person why? breaks down. <laughs> I don't Can you imagine? <laughs> because, and it's also, I'm going to say, it's a little bit of a holiday gift to yourself because getting to look at that person's face in the moment where they realize that they stepped in shit and they're going to have to, they're going to try to dig themselves out, say the part out loud that they weren't courageous enough to say in the first place because it's bullshit. And then you get to watch their face and be like, mm, that's what I thought. I like this. I like this game. <laughs> Guys, if you get, I know we're a couple months out, but if you end up playing this game at the holidays or anytime, anytime, maybe there's a wedding, maybe there's a birthday party coming up with family that you don't agree with and, and you, and you play this fun game. I want, I really do want to hear about it. And yeah. Casey will forward me the emails. So don't you worry if you <laughs> send them to that email address, I will see them. If Casey deems them worthy. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I've been getting a lot lately of DMs with people being like, I wanted to tell Busy this and I'm sending it to you because I know she'll never see it in her own inbox. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to also send it to her inbox, right? (laughs) Yeah, but I check your stuff. They know that. You know why Casey loves Athletic Greens? (laughs) Tell them, Casey. Tell them why you love it. Because they sent us a nice note when they sent us Athletic Greens. and You I like just, the note. I like the note. And they sent me a pair of swag compression socks. And you love the compression socks. <laughs> Which and I don't... also, you love the way that Athletic Greens tastes. It tastes really good. And my husband especially loves it. He takes a bottle of it to work every day. Really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because, listen, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give your body the nutrients that your body needs to thrive, especially when you're working. Matt works a lot and he works like long hours and it's and doesn't it's have time to eat and he doesn't have time to eat. He doesn't get a lot of breaks. Yeah. And so Athletic Greens is like, hey, hi, how are you? Let me help you. Let me help you with that. I'm going to just step right on in. It's a, I'm a life-changing nutritional habit. It's a daily all-in-one superfood powder, and it is your nutritional essential. It's by far the, the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit you can add to your daily routine. I mean, they simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by just giving you one thing right. that has all of the things that you need, all the best things. One scoop. It contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, 
greens, superfood blend, and more. And that all works together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. Because you know what? I'm not, I, I'm not standing around opening 75 pill bottles. No, I've done it before. It is a bummer. Listen, I add it to my smoothies. I add it to my kids' smoothies. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto or paleo or vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. It tastes really good. I put it in my fruit smoothies. I love it. They're offering our audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit our link today, you're basically never going to have to buy vitamin D again, which by the way, I just had my physical and I am a little bit vitamin D deficient. So I need to start taking my vitamin D. Yeah, you do. From Athletic Greens. Yeah. I know. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health or covering your bases or just like you just want some more energy and immunity and gut health, make Athletic Greens your go-to. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash busy and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every single day with Athletic Greens. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash busy and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Here's what I'm going to say. I know a lot of people think that eco-friendly products are more expensive, less effective, especially when it comes to cleaning products. Like, you're like, okay, so all natural, but like, is it really cleaning my shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Blue Land has fixed that with its revolutionary refill tablets. I am obsessed with Blue Land. First of all, did you know that an estimated $5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year. Stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. Get Blue Land's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a very simple idea. You buy the bottle once. You refill that bottle forever. No more plastic waste. It feels like it makes so much sense. Yeah. I don't know how we've not been doing it this way the whole time. It's great for the earth, but also selfishly, it's great for like my storage in my house, which I don't have a lot of because I don't need to store giant bottles of cleaner. I just have little refills that I add water to myself. Can I tell you something too? In the, in my bathroom, I, you know, obviously need you need hand soap in your, bathroom, yeah. in your bathroom. Like it's just a pretty little glass bottle yes. with a black pump on it. And I refill the tablet and then it's like, I, it's done. It's done. It's so easy. Yeah. And it's less waste. Anyway, they have convenient laundry and dishwasher tabs that come in chic and compact refillable metal containers instead of like big bulky disposable plastic tubs. They've really figured this out, guys. Yeah. They're really incredible. And they're high quality Bottles, forever bottles, start at just $10 when you buy a kit, and then you reuse that bottle forever with the money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2. So cut the plastic waste without sacrificing clean. Get Blue Land 
guys, you're going to love it. I promise you the planet's going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. And right now you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash best. That's 15% off your first order of any Blueland products at blueland.com slash best. Blueland.com slash best. Wait, listen, I... I have so many things to say. First of all, should we talk about JLo and Ben Affleck? So exciting to see them on the red carpet. Well, here's what's exciting. Here's what's exciting. Ben Affleck has managed to age backwards. Yes. 15 fucking years. In about six months, guys, I'm yeah. going to say that in six months... The man has aged backwards 15 fucking years and holy hell is he hot. I can't. I, I like have cannot. To, I have to assume that Jennifer Lopez is is oh. excreting something. <laughs> like they're rubbing together. They're they're kissing. They're rubbing their bodies together. Whatever comes out of J-Lo is like um, a magical substance that is making Ben de-age by the year. I know, but I really do think it is probably HGH. Do you think right? so? I don't think yeah. their heads are getting yes. bigger. Nobody's head is getting... He's always had a huge head. Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know about her, but like I... Okay, guys. This is... I don't know if this is a Hollywood break because I don't know how common HGH. HGH is in the world. But I do know that in Hollywood, it is common, especially for men over like 45, certainly. Yeah. And what HGH, it's called human growth hormone. And it is, uh, it's like a, I don't know. Well, your body makes it. Replacement. And yeah. And right. as you, and get as you older, age, it, you, it depletes, right? Yeah. And so people use it like specifically men. Yeah. <laughs> over 40 40, 45. Well, they, and they say it, they use it for an injury. That's always the cover story. Okay, well, did I ever talk about Mark's HGH usage on this I show? I, no, but I know about it. But I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be okay with it, and I'll check in with him later. But like, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be okay with me telling this story because it really so perfectly illustrates what it is. And like, and like, if you had any fucking doubt. The only the thing I'll say about HGH, which makes it like a little dicey, is they do say that if you have any tiny like amount of cancer or right. it can speed up that growth as right. well. So it like increases like the growth of collagen and uh and like te- I don't like increases testosterone too, or I don't fucking know how that works. Okay, bas- basically, when Mark was like in his early forties, he was injured. And in a basketball game, like he really like dislocated his shoulder kind of grossly in a basketball game and went to the hospital and got it put back in. And then he went to this doctor in Los Angeles who was like, yeah, 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 definitely PT and also HGH. (laughs) And so Mark did this round of HGH. Okay. They were like shots he had to give to himself in his stomach. Mm -hmm. It totally freaked him out, like really creeped him out to do it. Within, guys, four days, within four fucking days, every wrinkle on his face disappeared and he had like a 12-pack 
abs, <laughs> which he had never had before. Right. Like every muscle, every muscle in his body became like super cut and ripped. Every wrinkle on his forehead disappeared. Yeah. It was, it did not do anything about the gray hair as we know. Okay. Yeah. That's but, different. But that's a different journey. Yeah. But I am saying, I am telling you he was on it for like, I want to say two or three months. And he was like every day would, would just like stand and look at himself in the mirror and be like, this doesn't make any sense. He this was, can't be good. for." He and he Benjamin started panicking. Buttoning. He was Benjamin buttoning, but he also like started panicking. Cause he's like, like intellectually Mark is, you know, just this person where he's like, this can't be right. This can't right. be right. Like right. this can't be good for my body. If all of a sudden I fucking look like this, like, from just a thing that I'm injecting into myself. Right. And so then once his shoulder was like basically healed and he was done with the PT, he was like, fuck that. I got to get off this shit. And, and then what happened? That. Like, did he? And then immediately like flap just... city. No, I <laughs> he went, he like looked no. like Squidward. No, he didn't. No, but he did it. But it like, it did, it went away. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, but was of... it like instant? Did he go back to how he was before or did he just start the aging process from like where he was? Do you feel like? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. I gotta be honest, <laughs> but I mean, you know, here's the thing. But, HGH uh, sounds so amazing, but it does, it does cause your, like your skull to get bigger. And I think it makes your bones grow and so you if you stayed on it you'll be walking around looking like the home depot 12 foot skeleton maybe i don't know can you stop you're fucking obsessed with that skeleton <laughs> if you have dude, the what do depot i need to do to get you one skeleton i mean i don't know it's just sold out everywhere and now they have costumes for it and that was like a particularly painful uh, revelation yeah because like I, can, I could i could see how that would be upsetting it's so weird it's like i have this thing where like things that i hate i also love and so i hate giant things especially i know we've talked about it the spruce goose we talked about giant inflatable things the macy's day parade is hell for me because i fucking hate those giant balloons they make me want to faint and so I went on a quest to see that skeleton, that HGH Home Depot skeleton, to see if I would revile it or love it. And at first I hated it, but then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I <laughs> I think I love it. Um, but you lost your chance. It's gone. I know. It's gone. And I like fucked around and found out with the skeleton. And now what can I do? I just have to live with it and like covet other people's skeletons. But anyway, back to the HGH, I worked in a place one time where there was like a steady feed of Hollywood break. You sometimes when you work in a place, there'll be a feed where they on your monitors in your office, it shows the shows that are being made like on the network, particularly shows that are live and things that are being recorded in studios. And so you can turn it on and kind of watch what's going on all day in your network, in your building. And there was uh, one person who really loved to do last looks in the camera. And it was always rumored that this person was on HGH. And this person would do last looks for a really long time, like a good 10, 15 minutes. And I made sure that I tuned in every day to see if I thought their skull was growing and to see if the spaces between their teeth were getting any bigger. And I really, it could have been, you know, placebo effect. It could have been, you know, just wishful thinking, but I really think their skull did grow over the course of the time that I was observing it. Okay. I have questions. Number one, is this person still on uh, television? Not a lot, not as much. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, is it Jay Leno? No. 
No, it wasn't Jay Leno. Um, but that's a good guess. And I see I can see why you would think that. I can see why you would think that. Well, anyway, my point being, I wish everybody the best. And I'm never I'm like I stand here, a lady who says she has no judgment with nothing but judgment in my heart. And <laughs> I am not, but I truly am not judging Ben at all because whatever the fuck he's doing, I want him to keep doing it. If it's HGH, if it's just JLo's skincare line, if it's like he's, I don't, if he got if a, she I don't know. excretes something whatever, natural. If she's got like a special perfume that she excretes from her. <laughs> labia that like or like just her pores in general you know so yeah Yeah. i mean i've i sat next to her i certainly did not look i did not age backwards but you didn't like rub bodies with her that's what i think i think they're they're probably having a lot of so good casey he does he looks so he looks like he's 32 yeah it's not bad it's not bad I went to dinner with our friend Nia Vardalos the other day, and the only thing we had on the agenda was to discuss Ben and JLo and the whole thing. And um, we never got to it. We were happy to see each other, so happy to see each other that we just blabbed the whole time. And then by the time the check came, we realized that we didn't talk about Ben and JLo. Did I ever tell you like that when I was a young person in the entertainment industry, I was like in love with Casey Affleck. Really? When I was like 19 years old. Yeah, like 19, 20. Yeah, like 20 years old. Interesting. I was like, I I thought he was so fucking cute. He had like three lines in Goodwill Hunting or something. And I was like, that's the guy. I love him. Who is that? And I was like, oh, he's the guy's little brother. Yeah. And I was like so in love with him. I wanted to date him, young Hollywood style. Interesting. You're like but, Heather Matarazzo and who did she say she decided she was going to date? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, shit. She, I think she just told me this in um, in real life, not on okay, the podcast. Okay, so it's not on the podcast. <laughs> so we don't, we're not going to put that. Sorry, Heather. And then it was like weird for me, even like when Michelle was working with Casey years later, and then I know he had his problematic situations, which mm-hmm. he's been canceled, I pr- presumably. I, mean, I don't know. Ish. We'll see. I don't know what it was. Time, time I, don't know, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was like people. Not great. It yeah. didn't seem great. Yeah. Didn't seem like complaints. great behavior. And yeah, that they people aired. People had complaints. Yeah. When people have complaints, sometimes I don't even need to look into it. I'm just like, yeah, I don't care anymore about that person. <laughs> I mean. Is that a great, is that a great way to move through the world? Well, just kind of lucky because it's like. I don't know. I probably wasn't going to have anything to do with that person anyway. So I just, then it makes me feel like I, I really made a decision, you know? He was good in that Manchester by the Sea, though. Mm. Did you see that movie? I think it's so. It's so sad. It's like fucking horrible. I can horrible. Only, I can only remember like seven movies and Prince was in three of them. Wait, can we talk about Fashion Week? Yeah. I did fashion week. (laughs) The week, my week of crying coincided with fashion week. First up was the Christian Siriano show. Yes. And I got my period that day and it was like old school, like just torrential blood. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. And I was super bloated and I was, I had like committed to wearing a skin tight snake suit, but I was just like, I'm going for it. Yeah. 
You looked great. And I did. You know what? I felt okay. <laughs> and uh, and it was fun. I liked it. And uh, you sat near Katie Holmes. Uh-huh. And But who was between you? Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, love her. Yeah, she's very tiny. She looks like a little, she looks like a Polly Pocket next to me. Or like she's like a ventriloquist or like she's like my, like I'm have my hand yes. up, up her. <laughs> she did, could like sit on my lap and look like it's like I'm a ventriloquist with her. Did she's I ever so tell tiny. you about the best moment I had with Kristen Chenoweth? She came to watch What Happens Live and she was wearing extremely um, tall heels and she's about four foot 11. And I was looking at her and I must have been smiling to myself and she was like, what? And I was like, Honestly, real talk. I was just thinking, I know how tall you are. I'm guessing how tall your heels are. I was thinking you must be the same exact height as Prince. You know, in your heels, you're the same exact height and about the size of Prince. And she was like, yeah. Yes, I know that I, I, that's actually true. I know that to be true. And then she was like, do you want to dance with me so you could see what it would feel like to dance with Prince? And so then I slow danced with Christian Chenoweth. And then she told me a story about meeting Prince that was uh, private. So I won't tell, but um, that's amazing. (laughs) But it was so sweet. We just had like a little slow dance in the middle of the office. So wait, if you've read my book, yes, you know that I was a, I was at the Mattel toy fair in the mid mid ish late-ish 90s. Yes. I was in high school and I was hired to be the clueless doll. Yes. Okay. So wait, let me just explain to you the fucking serendipity of my Christian Siriano experience. I wrote in my book, I tell a story about there was like another actress who was in the Mattel Toy Fair who was always singing and she had the most beautiful voice and I asked someone who it was and this other actress who was in the Toy Fair, Mattel Toy Fair, in New York. Guys, if you haven't read my book, you just got to read my book because this retelling of it is not as good as the story itself. Anyway, and the girl was like, she's, oh yeah, she's super fucking talented. She was offered Maureen and rent, but she turned it down because of her like religious beliefs. And I was like, what? Who would turn that down? And then years later, I had read an article that Kristen Chenoweth was offered the part of Maureen in rent and turned it down because of her beliefs like didn't want to do it at the time at that time so I I just made the assumption that at at the Mattel Toy Fair I never had any confirmation of this that that Barbie girl who was always singing in the dressing room was Kristen Chenoweth I had no I had no you had no evidence reason no well the evidence was Uh, just yes yes clues thing that the girl said I had clues I had no confirmation yes okay so But listen to this insanity. So Alicia Silverstone is sitting right there who was Cher and Clueless. Yes. Who I wrote about in my book being like, like I was, that was the thing that I was like, I'm going to get the part in the TV show based on the movie from Clueless. Right. Didn't get that, but then got hired in the Mattel Toy Fair to be the Clueless doll (laughs) based, based off of the TV show. Okay, because I could do this really good impression of Cher from yeah. Clueless. So Alicia is right there. And then Katie, who obviously I worked with on Dawson's Creek and is also in my book. Um, and then Kristen Chenoweth, who's in my book, 
in that like they're all in the same fucking chapter of my fucking book and uh well I guess Katie's in like yeah the one right after yeah but like in the exact moment of everything and then we're all sitting there in the front row together and uh and so anyway I I was sort of like wow this is this is wild (laughs) and I and then I was like oh my gosh hey Kristen I have kind of a weird thing to ask you. And she was like, what? She's the, like, she's, she is the nicest human ever. She's an angel, like, yeah. And it, it was so nice. I was like, this is going to sound really weird. But like in the mid-ish, late-ish 90s, did you ever do a toy fair? And she was like, what? And I was like, like before you were on Broadway, did you ever do a job in New York like, like, at a toy fair. And she's like, you know, I did. I was, um, uh, what was her name? I was teen skipper. And I was like, (laughs) holy fucking shit. Like 1996. And she's like, yes. Oh my gosh. And I remember I was so excited because it paid so much money and I was so broke. And I was like, Kristen, I was there. (laughs) I was there at the same time. I was 17 years old. I was there. I heard you singing every day. I told her the whole fucking story. I was like, I wrote it into my book <laughs> that I was like pretty sure it was you, but I never had any fucking confirmation. You've never said in any interviews that you did that. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I just like, it was just like a thing you did for money. I was like, no shit. But like, I felt like I was like, among real actors because I was like a kid in high school yeah. who then got to go to New York and be at the toy fair and hear the most incredible voice I had ever heard IRL, which happened to be literally one of the most incredible voices that anyone has ever heard uh. on Broadway, Kristen Chenoweth. And so anyway, it was fucking her. That's incredible. I love that. Isn't that nuts? I love it. I love it. I know. It. I did too. That's really and, exciting. She's um, the best. And that is what I know about that. And uh, also, I got to sit next to, um, wait, Mark just texted me, did this hit while you're doing your podcast? Nicki Minaj just tweeted, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called out the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. Um, Okay. Well, my best to Nikki's cousin's friend's testicles. <laughs> um, that's a that's a wild one. What the fuck? That is insane. Um, yeah. And then at the after party, I was sitting next to the pop star Kim Petras. Anyway, she was very nice. But then at the like. After dinner, Christian had this like dinner afterwards. And I was like, I'm, yes, I'm in for the dinner. I can do that. I can't go like dancing and out after. Yeah. But I can go to the dinner. And I got there like very early. And there was this woman there and there were these two women there. And I was like, just like chatting with them. And they were so nice. And I liked them so much. And like the one lady is like a mom. And I just assumed the one lady was like a stylist. And I assumed the other woman was a designer because she was talking about something or whatever. And she has a kid who's like Birdie's age, a daughter. And I'm like, we we're just like, I was like, 
and they don't live far from us here in New York. And I was like, oh my God, I'm really on the hunt for like friends because I don't have any fucking friends, right? Yeah. And it's, I didn't know who it was. And she's Leah from Real Housewives. All right. From Real Housewives New York. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that that was who, that she was a real housewife because guys, as you know, at home. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a watcher. Yeah. I'm not a Bravo watcher. Yeah. I don't watch the shows. I don't know who the fuck the people are. Bless. I know they're like the most famous people to everyone else. Right. But now I, then I felt like the next day when Raymond was like, oh my God, what? Liam McSweeney. Leah McSweeney, right. And I like, I loved her. She was like so great. Yeah. But I just felt like then she, I was like, oh no, did she think I was trying to be friends with her because of Real Housewives? I do not, like that was not the vibe, but. Yeah. Whatever. Here's a fun fact. A lot of the Real Housewives are great. They're like really nice women and nice friends. The only thing hard about being friends with a Real Housewife is you kind of. You know, if you're going to go to their parties and stuff, you're going to be in the background of Real Housewives, which you might not want. You well, they probably try to fold you into a storyline. Listen, let me tell you something. Raymond had a whole journey the next day where he had cast me. Yeah. As a new Real Housewife of New York. Ha- like, he was like, it's perfect. You just moved here. Yeah. You're like, you've got kids. You're young. You have like a career. They I- want someone who like is also already like an actor or somebody like in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. I can see it. Ray really went for it. And I was like, Ray, is this all because you want to be on Real Housewives of New York? I mean, that's a good plan if, in terms of Raymond. That would be a good plan for, for that'd be fun for him. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fun for me, Casey. I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a real housewife because it never stops, you know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you if you act in something, it ends. And then like, I guess, you know, you're dealing with the public or whatever. But I feel like real housewives, the hardest part of the job is dealing with everyone's feelings about you months after like something happened in real life and then it shows up on the show months later and then you have to just look at everyone like you know saying they love you and or you're a piece of shit on twitter Uh, yeah i don't want that yeah (laughs) i don't i don't blame you i don't blame you it's a big job i think it's a bigger job than people realize yeah i also just feel like the the amount of exposure that i've like subjected my children to already is probably too much yeah and any more feels um not right yeah yeah it's interesting it's it's some people have had their kids on the show some people have like minimized their kids on the show some people have had some kids that want to be on the show and other kids that decline to be on the show which I always think is really interesting and um yeah and then like your kid becomes a meme what are you gonna do you know it's 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 an interesting life I mean my kid might already be a meme I don't know who knows? I mean, I'm thinking of Teresa Giudice's kids are like the most memed probably. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, but because, um, you know, I don't watch the shows. So yeah. I don't know even. <laughs> yeah. 
people are like Teresa Guadadice. Guadadice. Yeah. Oh, it is? I said no, it right? No, you're combining you're combining Melissa Gorga and Teresa Giudice. They're sisters in law. Giudice. Okay. Yeah. But I know who that is because the jail thing. Yes. They like all went to jail in yes. the family, right? Yes. Yeah. But I know that because peoplemag.com. Yes. The, the, but I haven't been I haven't been a People Mag watcher in a long time. Here's the thing about People Mag. They you can't trust it because I get like an email in my inbox and it'll be like some fun gossip. And then the next time I get an email Dead and baby. I click on it and it's like something fucking horrendous. Dead baby. It's like, like it's like teenager gives birth in a thing, murders the baby, and then like strangles her mom with it. Yeah, it's or whatever. Really, and you're or just like, like ah! yeah. <laughs> I never needed that. And also, guys, that didn't. That's a that's a horrifying made up thing that I constructed based on years and years of People magazine emails. Yeah, you just so, gotta be. Careful. I don't know if that. Yeah, you have to be careful because they will get you with a dead baby, and you you're not expecting it, and you're not expecting like a like a horrific murder and you're not like, it's just not, you're like, I just want more Ben and JLo. Yeah. And then they hit you with the, and like why it's called human interest. I don't know. I don't know. Do they have to say trigger warning or whatever? I don't know. But like, maybe they could make that headline a different color or something just to, but they don't care. Cause once I clicked on it, they got me right. They got, they got, well, they changed it to crime. I think they people mag crime or something like that. All right. Like, they're just trying to, like, piggyback on Ryan Murphy's vibe, (laughs) you know? Casey just said, I just love the people behind the companies. And I do think that's true for so many of these ads that we do. And it's especially true of this one for Genexa. We love this company and we love the people behind the company. Casey pointed out that every time they send us products to try, they put a little handwritten note in it. That is a nice thing. Makes you feel seen and loved. Um, when I got my giant Genexa thing of antacid, I was like, they get me. They really, <laughs> really, really get me. Anyway, here's some things that you might not know about your medicine cabinet. The brands that you've been turning to for decades for, let's say, antacids or headaches or body aches, all of those things, those medicines are filled with unnecessary chemicals, not the thing that you need to fix the problem you have, but filler stuff that's like could also be giving you other side effects, things that could make you sick, possibly things that your body just quite frankly doesn't need to have to process. You just don't need it. But Genexa makes medicine with the active ingredients you need minus all of the artificial stuff you don't. I mean, like your allergy medicine could actually be filled with allergens. That's crazy. Genexa is finally bringing some common sense to the medicine aisle. Listen, Genexa was founded by two dads on a mission to make clean medicines. Genexa medicine has the same effective and active ingredients you need without unnecessary artificial dyes or preservatives and fillers. And this is a thing that like, because when this brand first came out a couple years ago, I was like, oh, I don't need any more homeopathic stuff, guys. I'm good. Like I have so many vitamins and I know all the homeopathic things. And then I learned what Genexa was. And this is before they advertised on the podcast. We didn't even have right, a podcast. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yes. So whether it's to manage pain or you have allergies or a cold, 
Genexa treats the same symptoms as leading brands, the name brands, right? Yes. But they don't have any of the preservatives or the fillers or the stuff that your body actually doesn't need to have to process as well. Especially when you think about like, you don't feel well already. Right. And then you have to like process all this junk just to get the like active ingredient that is going to make you feel better. Yeah. You just don't don't need it. And they have everyday essential medicines for adults, kids, and infants. And when it comes to kids and infants in particular, I don't want to be giving a little kid anything extra that is beside the point. No. Genexa has a huge network of healthcare professionals across the United States helping patients and their families join in this clean medicine revolution. It is real medicine, guys. Made clean. So start cleaning out your medicine cabinet right now. Go to Genexa.com slash busy for 20% off your first purchase. That's Genexa, G-E-N-E-X-A.com slash busy for 20% off your first purchase. That's Genexa.com slash busy. Casey, guess what? What? This is, I'm on my second Bev. Wow. <laughs> I just opened it up because my food got here yeah. and it's time to have dinner and I'm going to have my little Bev. You had a podcast and Bev and now you're having a I, dinner Bev. I did have a podcast Bev because we were recording late today yeah. and I was like, it's 6 p.m. It's time for my Bev. Yeah. I don't have a Bev every night, but when I feel like a Bev, I got a Bev. Yeah. it's that's, you know Well, what? that's why it's so perfect. That's why it's perfect because it's not a whole bottle of wine. Right. It's essentially like a glass and like a like a full pour. Yeah. Glass and a half maybe. Yeah. And it's canned wine. Guys, started by founded by by women, which you know we love, love to support female founded and run businesses and run yeah. businesses. Yeah. And the woman that started Bev is just an exceptional woman. Um just love her and love the company so much. And honestly, love the taste. Yeah. They have four varietals of wine to choose from rosé, sauve blanc, pinot gris, and pinot noir. I'm having this is this is a uh, can too <laughs> of the rosé tonight. Yeah. It's very like dry and crisp and it's a little fizzy, which I love. I love anything and with a little sparkle. I do too. And it has zero sugar and 3 carbs and 100 calories per serving. And listen to me, I want to say this right now. You know I am not a calorie counting bitch. However, However, sometimes rosé season really does a number to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really appreciate that this is zero sugar and because I feel like that makes a difference for me personally because I do love a rosé. Anyway, I'm very into Bev. It ships straight to your door. Shipping's always free. Their four packs are great to bring over to a friend's house for like a little hostess gift or if you're there going over for a dinner party. Everybody's always so happy to get that as a hostess gift. No joke. Correct. We've worked out an exclusive deal for Busy Phillips is doing her best podcast listeners. You get to receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. We suggest trying their best-selling ladies night variety pack so you can check out all of the delicious varietals and decide which one you love the most 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 why don't you go to drinkbev.com slash busy or 
Use code BUSY at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash BUSY. So what else should we talk about pop culture-wise? The Met Gala is tonight. I know. We're recording on Monday. So if we're not talking about anything that happened on Tuesday or Wednesday, that's why. We don't know about it yet. But what we do know is that the Met Gala is happening tonight. A lot of the usual suspects are not attending this year. How do you know that? Because people have said Nicki Minaj, I think, has said that she's not attending and Zendaya is not attending. And I think that there's some question about whether Beyonce is not attending because she's still away on her, her birthday celebration. Um, yeah, so. Um, well, anyway, Fashion Week. Fashion that week. was what we were talking about. Anyway, whatever. It was fine. It was fun. I didn't do that much. I just went to a couple things. And like, you know, I love fashion. Yes. And it was nice. Like, I I don't know. I thought it was nice. I thought I made a new best friend. And then now I realize we're not best friends at all. But that's, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, maybe you can be friends with her. But just, you know. I don't. I knowing, don't know. Knowing that there's always a danger you'll be in the background of an episode of The Real Housewives. I bet you that there. I bet you you can make sure that you're not. I bet yeah, you I mean, obviously, ask. have to consent. Are you filming? To it. Are you filming right now? Yeah, exactly. You know, because <laughs> if know. so, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, um, you can see cameras. I mean, Ray really, really is gutting for it. He really wants it to happen. I'm pretty sure Ray could just get on the Real Housewives on his own without you. I mean, it might be a little harder, but I'm pretty sure he could just be at some of those parties that they have. Every episode centers around some party that goes wrong. Well, that's true. And they need people to be at those parties. I do think I would be good on the show. I mean, I think you'd be good on the show because you're opinionated and Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're emotional. And I think that'd be good. I just don't know that that's... I don't know that that's the kind of good you want to be. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's the thing that will bring me ultimate joy in my life. Right, right. If here's here's the thing and like I think that the real housewives as far as reality television go, they are like really a lot of capable women, smart business women and you know, and and sometimes they even talk about important issues and people at home are educated on those issues. I think all that stuff is great. But for me, what I realized is that like reality television in general, I don't find trauma entertaining. So mm-hmm. I can't find it entertaining. Um, that stuff is tough for me to watch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like... Trauma is free. It is all around us for free. <laughs> so when I'm watching something that is not. And I guess like for me too. Yeah. Like trying to deal with my own st- trauma. Yeah. For a million years. It's just like, why would I want to then subject myself to like more? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. And, f- and then and then fabricated possibly. 
Yeah, who knows? I mean, but it's it's interesting because I know really, really super smart people that like they just live and breathe reality TV and they love it so much and they have really fascinating scholarly takes on it. But it's just it's not for me at this time. And especially where like I worked in that area for so long, I was I was ready to put it aside and look at other things for a while. I it's not for me. <laughs> I like this. I like this cover. I like this conversation. Ooh, it's not for me. Should that be a new t-shirt? It's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for me. No, no, no. I love that you love it. It's not for me. Yes. It's not for me. It's not I, for me. I have no judgments about yeah. you loving it. It's just not for me. It's not for me. It's, it's just not, not for me. me. I think you know it's what? not for it's me not for is me. a really useful phrase because I think it is like a no judgment way to say like, yes, I love that you love it. It's not for me. But also it's a good thing to say to yourself sometimes when you're trying to fit into a group or a situation or an activity that you're just not fitting into. Sometimes you need to tell yourself, it's not for me. It's not for me. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's not for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to come. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, but it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not for me is my new favorite thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we did Fashion Week, cried. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff, but I don't, you know, whatever. It's not for us. It's not for you. It's not for you. <laughs> um, and oh, you know what? You know what we did do? What? We went upstate to see Pine Grove play. Oh, yeah. Outside. Yeah, I uh, saw. At like Arrowwood Farms and Ackerd. And it was so beautiful. And just to like be outside and see live music. And yeah. it felt everybody had to show proof of vax and it was like fully just like in a field and it, we were with a child. So we stayed yeah. kind of far away anyway. Yeah. So it's like, you're not in that. We weren't guys in the pit as it were. Right. Wasn't all up in other people's shit. Yeah. But it was just like really beautiful and nice. And I did get a little stoned. I left, I left the child with Mark. And I went and got and a little stoned and like, yeah. And like, yeah. And that's when I think I decided to turn the corner and stopped, stop crying so hard. Yeah. Actually, I was stoned, so I can't quite remember, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there was a lyric oh, or something that was like, like, this is it. Like, this is, oh, wait. Oh, maybe it was a. Maybe it was a lyric from another song that like was playing in the car afterwards, but like something just like the idea of like, this just is it. Like this yeah. is your life. Yeah. Like, and you're here and you're in it. And so we can mourn things and we can grieve things. We can move through things and all of that. But like at the end of it, do you want to look back and be like, oh, I spent all that time crying. Right. Over things that had passed. Or do you just want to be like, I was there <laughs> and I had like a great time. Yeah. And things happened that were painful. And then other choices were made. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm the kind of person that I cry as I'm moving on. That's like classic New York, right? To cry as you're like going across town to where you're going, you know? And I feel like, yeah, it's, it, it, life is so limited. Even if life was 150 or 200 years long, it would be short. It wouldn't be all that you wanted, you know, for most people. And so it's okay to cry about things, but also, I think you do have to assess like, well, where am I? And like, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And because sometimes I feel like sometimes we're even crying about getting stuff that we wanted. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like it's like, because like, it's not perfect or because of whatever. And like, it's never going to be the perfect situation. It's never going to be your whole checklist. But also like excessive I don't know, like excessive mourning of a thing is, I guess, I don't know. It's hard because we don't really have a culturally, like we don't have like a really good way of moving on from things. Right. I wish we had a better way. Yeah. Maybe I'll come up with it, guys. Yeah. And when I do, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, because it's like, that's the thing that I feel like, I feel like I get like, bogged down I don't know I yeah I, I that was that was like a real turning point for me well it's also like I think that maybe we get bogged down because like because it's not definitive right because mm -hmm. like if it's like if someone dies then that's definitive but if it's anything else it's n it's never definitive you know, so there's so many like overlapping and, you know, right. depending on like if it's a thing that's happening with you and your friend, like there has to be like some type of mutual agreement or just anything, you know, any family situation, anything. It's never definitive. And I think so we always feel like we're in a holding pattern on something, but mm. it's you can truly say like for me, I'm closing this box and moving on from this you know and and it's okay to do that it's okay to do that because you can really I guess you could cry for the rest of your life but you can also like how much can you cry like you know what I mean I don't know but I also think it's really wild because it's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur yes and so this is the start of the new year the mm -hmm. Jewish new year says the girl that was raised Catholic <laughs> But has always deeply identified with Judaism. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting that like the sort of like gulf of my grief has kind of gone through this time and now we're here and it's going to be Yom Kippur and like I'm starting literally the day of the first day of the new year is when I'm going to this, like, that's when I start this, like, retreat thing for a yeah. week. How it's fucking be, wild is that? It's going to be super interesting, I think. Yeah, I'll be very interested. Because in terms of grief, like, Lord knows I've I felt it, and so I'm sympathetic to it. I also feel like, you know how, this is me, like, if I have a certain amount of time and a task to do, even if the task is relatively simple, I will expand how much time I need for the task to how much time I have. And I feel like sometimes... Well, yeah, we're goldfish, you yeah. and me. <laughs> so I feel like, like, 
oh, eight hours to like lace up a pair of shoes. That's exactly how much I need, you know? Um, but I also feel like I can sometimes do that with sadness. Like, oh, I'll be sad for however much time I have. And I think like, you know, you have to be gentle with yourself and you have to honor your real feelings. But then I'm like, sometimes am I just like, is this just like eating chips or whatever? Like, is it, does it feel good now, but it won't feel good later? So I'll be very interested about how your whole retreat goes and what you learn. And I think it'll be, yeah, I think it's exciting. Poem Heavy by Mary Oliver. Yes, yes. I saw someone posted it on Instagram, I think, recently, but Is not you. But um what part of Heavy, what are you what were you referring to when I mean the whole poem yeah. is like that's what it's about, right? I was talking to Michelle and Michelle and I actually because it was Michelle's birthday. Happy birthday, Michelle. Happy birthday. Um on September 9th. And I had like been reading that poem and and I was like, do you know that poem? And she said no. And so I read it to her and then she was like, you like you need like memorize that. I, I love that. I don't know why I've never heard that Mary Oliver poem or I never saw that, whatever. Um, It's so good because it's just that the opening lines, that time I thought I could not go any closer to grief without dying. I went closer and I did not die. Surely God had his hand in this as well as friends. Anyway, it's, a fucking amazing poem. Yeah. You seem lighter too. You seem like that corner really was a corner. Yeah. Don't go back around that corner. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I was, I was just reading the poem then. I was just reading the poem. Um, well, speaking of which guys, we have literally, Two of our favorite people are our guests today. We didn't even say what we're doing our best at this week. I don't. We uh, yeah, we did. But, I we mean, did. Did we? I think so. I think we did. Okay. What are you doing your best at? What are you doing your best at? I don't know. I've just been writing a lot. Just trying to write every day. Like doesn't matter what it's for. Just trying to bang it out. Instagram posts, texts, writing. I thought your September 11th post was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. I really... It was the best one I read. <laughs> thank you. I really... I Is felt that bad because I didn't go back and I didn't like any of the comments, which people were so nice. Um, I did a post on September 11th just about my feelings about September 11th. And um, there's something about it. Like, there's something about it that it's hard to express, like, how weird I feel about September 11th because I didn't lose anyone in my in my, like immediate circle but I certainly knew people who were lost but I was also like there you know like I like in the city and you were um, fully fucking there yeah fully fucking there and um it fully fucking changed my life it changed the life of my whole family my child the child that I was carrying I feel like it just you know it changed the course of our life and there's something about it that has always kind of like gotten under my skin just I mean living in New York and having people ask you like which way to the to the hole in the ground always bothered me the t-shirts always bother me and the eagles the eagles <laughs> yeah and like i i didn't even write everything because this is really weird and i've never really admitted this but i woke up the night of like well the morning of september 11th i woke up 
in the wee hours of the morning, having had like a terrible nightmare about something terrible happening downtown. And Matt was like, this is like a weird pregnancy, like nightmare. Then I was like, no, I had a dream that like a giant eagle was fighting with a giant turkey and knocking buildings down downtown. And he was like, okay, settle down, go back to sleep. You know, you have to go back to sleep. And for reference though, guys, I did have a dream when I was pregnant that my cat was trying to breastfeed and biting my nipples off. So like, you know, there are, you, you do, do have weird yeah, pregnancy yeah. That's, dreams. Yes, that's so it totally is like, true. it is like fair for Matt to be like, all right, you're yes, going to be fine. Yes. And so, you know, and he just felt so bad for me because I was like in hysterics. And then I woke up and it was such a beautiful morning and I was like, what a terrible night, but it's like when a fever breaks and I was just like, it's so beautiful. And this is the, most beautiful city in the world. And I really took like the long way to, to my office with my son who was coming to be taken care of in the daycare at the show where I worked. And then like within hours, like the entire world had changed, but New York city had really changed. And, um, and it's, it's weird, right? Because everybody has like their narrative that, that in their memories of that day and what happened after, but I really have a hard time with I have a hard time with it. I have a hard time with it because I feel like it's a thing that the whole country went through, but a lot of people like had never even been to New York City and it's not to say right. like you can't, you know, whatever, but it's just like that it's worn like some badge of pride like this patriotic pride about how the country came together and it like came together in some respects but also like came together to give people who are brown a hard time you know things like that which so I've always just had really really complicated feelings and I mostly was just thinking about like gosh all these like the the kids that lost their parents and that were born like 9-11 babies that were born um, who lost their parents before they were even born. They're like grown up now and it's wild. But anyway, anyway, I wrote a post on Instagram. That's one of the things that I was like, I'm just going to write like what I want to say. And I didn't go back and like any of the comments because that also felt gross to me. But I felt, you know, I'm very grateful for the nice things that people said. Anywho. I don't think I commented because I think I thought I would just tell you. <laughs> It, either way, it's all much appreciated, but I just felt like to go and be like, thank you for liking my thing. I felt like wasn't my vibe yeah. that day. Yeah. No, I really, it's, it was a thing that like I, I have oft struggled with knowing how to articulate anything. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just fucking wild. It's a wild thing that we experienced. And there are some people listening to this that didn't. Yeah. That weren't don't even re remember. Don't remember. Weren't even yeah. born yet. And or we're like in like second grade or like yes. first grade. Yeah. Like when I, like I was in first grade when the Challenger disaster happened. Yes. Oh my god. And gosh. I remember that like I, not as a thing that really. I mean, I remember it very clearly. But yeah. like, yeah, it, we drove back from upstate that day on September 11th, and it was another like beautiful day in New yeah. York. Yeah. And I had posted the day before, which is so fucking weird because I knew that the 20th anniversary was coming, but I hadn't like sort of put together what I was posting right. in terms of like what it was, which was right. just that, like, I had the most New York week of all New York weeks, yes. like the most magical fucking filled with like 
art and culture and fashion and insane insanity and like and music and and concerts and like trips to Brooklyn and the really good food and like just all of this stuff that just was at my doorstep. Like I didn't yeah. even ask for it. It was just like, oh wait, you're here. Come here. Right. Come here. Oh wait, you're here. Come here. And it was just fucking beautiful. It was a beautiful week. And even though I was like going through my own personal shit, but like I was still able to like appreciate and see the beauty in it. And like yeah. that my kids got to have that too Yeah, in this incredible place. And we went upstate, saw the band play on Friday night and came back on Saturday on September 11th. And um, then like later that day, we were going to pick up Birdie at like their best friend who lives in Brooklyn's house. Yeah. And one of their close friends lives like right over the Brooklyn Bridge, like in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. And we kind of took a wrong turn because it gets kind of confusing over there after you go over the bridge. Yeah. And we passed this uh, block that had been shut down and it was the block that the the fire station was on and yeah. they just had like this full like block party happening and it was just like families and we were driving kind of slowly because we were in the neighborhood, you know, yeah. and I, and I was like, oh, fuck, man, look at, look at all those, like all those families, all those kids and the people like, they must have all lost people they loved, you know? Yeah. Like they must, like that's right, you know, yeah. like, and they're having this and they're coming together and they're having this like block party and the whole neighborhood was there and it was so s fucking moving it was very moving and mark was like i wonder if i mean they must have been some of the first responders because they're right here mm -hmm. and so he then last night i think was watching the the like 60 minutes special about the firefighters and the first yeah. responders yeah and they were that was that yeah. battalion was like they were the like there was the tribeca station mm -hmm. you know and then the brooklyn the brooklyn station yeah station came right over yeah. and were the first ones in and like and they did they lost you know they lost all their guys like yeah i mean just to put it in perspective this is also something that i was thinking about and i couldn't articulate it well so i chose not to write about it but like when you see someone that's been in an accident, someone that hurts themselves and they have like a, a bump on their head or they're bleeding or what, it's a shock. It's such a shock. And so that was just a day where there was an entire city of people who you, it just looked like people were coming home from a war and those were the people that were getting to come home. But living in Brooklyn, like I... I was trying to get back to Brooklyn with my with my baby and my husband was stuck in Brooklyn. The phone lines were all jammed. You couldn't call in or out of anywhere. So I couldn't get a hold of my husband who had driven by the World Trade Center after dropping me off at work. So I didn't know what had happened to him for the longest time. And then finally I was able to get him and the only way because like subways weren't going and trains weren't going and Planes were flying over Manhattan, fighter jets and all kinds of things. And you could smell the fuel and you could smell the fire. And 
every almost every person that you saw was covered in dust or bumped or bruised and everybody was just in shock and in pain and that is something like I've never seen before in my life and so yeah it does get under my skin a little bit when someone is wearing like a seven dollar t-shirt about how we can't ever forget and how the country has to stay strong because you know everybody that was there it was pretty strong (laughs) And um, and certainly has never forgotten a moment of anything they saw that day. Mm. But <laughs> so that is kind of like that's, you know, that's kind of where I am this week. And it was, yeah, I can't believe it's been 20 years because it feels like every fucking day it feels like it was yesterday, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do. And also, you know, just sending tons of love because I can't imagine that I'm anywhere close to alone in feeling this way, you know, and I just know so many people that like New York is their home and it will be forever. So many people that couldn't make it in New York and had to leave, but their heart is still there. And, you know, and it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of people carrying something around and, and everybody paid kind of a a high price that day for, for living in the greatest city in the world. Like that's a lot to see. And that is something that will never exactly leave you. So, um, yeah, so just sending lots of love to people that lost people, that lost their faith, that, you know, somebody like me who's still like a little confused and salty about it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you know. That's me with everything. Also same. Confused and salty. <laughs> But um, thank you for reading it and thank you for saying nice things about it. And thank you to everyone that did. Well, I um, don't think I need to say what I'm doing my best at this week because I'm doing my best at turning a fucking corner. So there we go. You turned turned that corner. I'm turning it. Yeah. And I think you're there. I feel like you're there. I feel like you're around the corner and that old street is behind you. I hope so. I also think, though, sometimes my therapist likes to say, just when you think you've got a handle on something, it will come back to rear its fucking head one more time. Of course. To just give you a real punch in the gut. So, Well, that's the thing about turning corners, right? Keep turning corners. We don't you'll know. be right back on the same fucking street. Oh, man. I hope not. <laughs> well, anyway... Um, we had the absolute, it was, a, it was a hard week for me emotionally, emosh. It was a yeah. great week in so many ways. It was a hard week in very specific ways. Yeah. And the day that we were talking to our guests, I was like, kind of like, I don't really feel like doing this. I, I like almost called, I almost called Casey and said like, I don't think so. I don't think that I can do this. Yeah. And because it was Paul F. Tompkins and Jeannie had had Tompkins I thought, well, even if I just got on the Zoom with them and said nothing, it would be fine because I've been such good friends with them for so long that I know they would be chill with it. Yeah. But as it turns out, they are just infectious, lovely, infectious in the best way, not in a a COVID-19 way. way. 
They're just, well. They're just like fucking delightful. And we had the best conversation. And obviously I got emotional. Obviously I did as well because. We cried. We both cried. They're two, you know, as I say to them in the interview that I think I am always saying they're two of my best friends and they really are. They're just, you know, they're wildly talented and lovely people, but also just really, really good friends. And I feel so lucky both. Yeah. They both are. They are just the best. I love that they're married. I love that they love each other. I love that they're, I I just love everything. And if you don't subscribe, listen to their podcast yet, what the fuck are you doing with your life? (laughs) Anyway, take a listen. Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins. I am so excited about Babbel. Let me tell you something. I got two things to say about Babbel. Tell me. Number one. Number one. I, you know, crickets in a Spanish immersion program yes. at school. Yes. It didn't even occur to me that cricket can use Babbel. Yeah. And you yeah. can use it too. So you can keep yeah. up with cricket. Yeah, Casey. It's a game changer. A game changer because it's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn the new language on the go. And listen, they help you improve your pronunciation and accent. And there's like, you can access podcasts and games and videos and stories and even live classes. And I just have to tell you, it has been a real game changer. Now, Babbel is the number one selling language learning app, and I get it. I get it. Yes. Through Babbel's bite-sized lessons, you get to learn a new language. You can actually use in the real world from greetings and menus and directions, gaining a deeper understanding of the culture. Babbel is a travel essential. Yeah. Other language learning apps apparently use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And you know what Birdie's doing on Babbel? What? Swedish. Oh, because they love the Young Royals Young Royals. Young Royals. So they are legit learning Swedish on Babbel so that they can like maybe watch next year without subtitles. I don't know, but I'm like supportive because it's another language. You know what I mean? Like it's so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So there are just like many ways to learn and you should start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you're going to get an additional three months for free. That is six months, guys. Can you do the math? I can. (laughs) For the price of three. It's like half off. Yeah. Just go to Babbel.com. Use the promo code BEST. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code BEST. Babbel, language for life. Recording. We just usually record everything and then we um, wait for people to say really personal things that they think aren't being recorded. We never use any of the personal stuff. We just do it for like the psychological um, power move of having someone be nervous. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you don't have blackmail information on someone, what's the point? Right. <laughs> I mean, I think we all learned that from the Nexium documentary. Yes. And collateral. Collateral. <laughs> collateral. Busy, any news on your on your biopsy? I've been following along. Guess what? What? I just got texted like 20 minutes ago, Casey. Janie. Paul. Yeah. Yes. It's benign. Fantastic. Oh, thank goodness. Fantastic. Did you text your mom? Text Fantastic. your mom. I did. I did. Okay, I, did. Okay. I did. I texted my mother. Um, so now <laughs> I just have to do, now I can go see the people in New York that she referred me to who can do the like weird procedure where they, I think it's radio frequency that they put. So in there's no incision? Trash. There's no incision? They, it's an, it's a, it's like a bigger needle uh, and they like fill it with, ra- or they radio frequency it or something for a period of time. They fill it with radio. They flew radio waves. Rick D's. Do you know that D's nuts is a very popular joke with children? Yes. Still? Well, but D's nuts isn't Rick D's, is it? Is it? No, it's not. Oh, but he did. But Rick D's did use D's nuts. Oh, sure. At a certain point, he had to. He no, he. I mean, he did. He had to. But also, I had a. Got to get out in front of it. Paul and Janie, how long have the two of you been in Los Angeles? I feel like it's as long as I was in L.A. I pa- have been in Paul's Los Angeles. longer, yeah. Yeah, since 1994. Right. Wow. Yes, okay. I'm 97. Wow. Okay, I'm t- literally, t- 2001, I'm coming up on my 20th anniversary That's of right. moving here because I moved here from Manhattan right after 9-11. I moved here November 7th. God. No, uh, 2001. I was wow. living in Manhattan and I was like, huh, I thought you were going to say, I moved here on November 7th, 9 11. 9 11 year. Like that, 9 11 year is 9 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, so I'm the I'm the I guess the the newbiest. The newbie. Well, no, Casey is. No, Casey. Oh, Casey, Casey just got here. But what I was going to say is that well, I was with a bunch of kids <laughs> recently, as I am, as I often am because of the kids. Um, and kids. they were do- these boys were just like not these like eight year old boys and seven year old boys were just doing these D's nuts jokes. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's so wild. And then I remembered that in the mid late 90s in L.A., there was actually like a street racing crew in like Westchester Inglewood where I lived because I went to Loyola Marymount University that was called D's Nuts. And I know it's a thing from The Chronic, which, you know, Dr. Dre's Mm -hmm. album, The Chronic. That's where, I think that's the, I mean, if we could only look it up. There was only a way. (laughs) Why? But you know what? I like, I like, I miss. I miss D's Nuts. (laughs) I miss D's Nuts for sure. But I also like, I do miss the ability to make up to know things. Yeah. Yeah, just like to just make know up that what you, you know. know know something. Yeah, you know, know what you know. knew. I do that all the time. It's called lying. <laughs> I know. But I had to share this just really quick because we're talking about these nuts, but I uh Arranged uh, an airport ride for me and Paul one oh. uh, one Christmas for for we we're going back to South Carolina for Christmas, and I was texting with the driver. You know, it was like, like an app, right? Was it was it Wings? It was Wings app. Yeah, I don't know if they're still around because now you can just use Uber or Lyft to prearrange. And he was like, uh, "En route," you know, da 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 da. And I was like, "Great, we'll be out front." Blah blah blah. And then he. And then he texted D's nuts. And he, no, then, he did not. 
Yeah, he, and it then was a, he, it was an amazing wrong window where he was clearly he was like, meant uh, to send this to his friend, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, well, oh. you know, she'll she'll she, you know she's been looking good, and wait till wait till she oh yeah uh, she's had, been looking she's been on a steady diet of D's nuts. <laughs> That's and right. Then, he said she's been yeah. on a steady diet of these D's nuts, no, not, and I was like uh, question mark or whatever, and then he's yeah. like, oh uh, wrong window, uh, my cousin has Oof. a. Nut allergy or, or no. She's, like, no. No. She's, no. she's been doing a weight loss program uh, that uses that incorporates a lot of nuts. Then he texted a picture of his hand holding a bag of nuts. No, he did not. <laughs> oh, he was trying to dig himself out so hard. Yeah. All he yeah, had yeah, to yeah. do was say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ugh, sorry, yeah. wrong yeah. thread. And, then, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we got in the car and drove to the airport like like six in the damn morning, you know, <laughs> like just pretending like we were dying. dying. I really love dying. him. He Amazing. probably rushed out to buy those nuts to take that picture. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, he had it sure. in a special like photos album just in case. Hard <laughs> screeching like pullover a- to a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Four lanes of traffic. Oh to my buy God. a bag of Bazzini's nuts. So, what nuts do you have? I didn't realize D's, D's nuts was such an old <laughs> reference. Oh, yeah. Like it's 90s. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I do think the chronic, the jo- the like, the joke or what were they, the little skits and the chronic on the album. Yeah. I think that that was the first time it was like widely done, like known D's Got nuts. It. I imagine okay. it was like probably a thing that had exist predated the album, but it was, you know, put into pop culture permanently mm-hmm. on that with album. That, with that particular album. Yeah. With okay, that album. Yeah. Maybe the racing crew predated the album. Maybe. Who knows? The, who knows what <laughs> who is knows? possible? We're not going to look it up. And nope. also challenge for listeners. Don't, don't you look <laughs> it up. Don't send it. Don't send, don't send any of us. listener challenge. Don't send any of us the real and information. Yeah, on we it. don't. I actually, I actually do not care. Yeah, some people are composing tweets right now. <laughs> Let us know, have this. Let us have this. Let us have Let this blissful ignorance. Imaginary yeah. blissful. Wait, I, I want to say, uh, people already know who you are because we said it right before this interview started, but Paula Tompkins, Janie Haddad, Tompkins. Did you ever consider just doing Janie H? Um, Tompkins? Janie yeah, H I mean, Tompkins? That, that makes sense. The most sense. And I should just do Janie H. What do people, Tompkins. instead of Haddad, I know how to say it. Yeah. Haddad. 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 A lot of people say Haddad. Or Haddad. 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 I've yeah. never heard Haddad. 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 Yeah. Like Gigi Haddad? Oh, I. Oh, Hadid. Uh, yeah. That's I'm surprised people don't say Hadid. Hadid. Now. Yeah. Because Cause it's obviously we're so similar, me and Gigi. <laughs> the people that say Hadad really like to pour on the sauce when they say yeah, it. Yeah. They are like, they think it's like so exotic. And I'm like, no, it's so American. Like newscasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my friend's uh, Paul Tompkins, Janie Hadad. <laughs> no. It's like it's like Alex Trebek like giving an answer on Jeopardy. Oh, your high school language teacher. I always I know, knew how RP, to pronounce RP. it because I once worked with the great Tammy Haddad. That's right. Oh, I don't know Tammy Haddad. Do I? She's like a you know she's a she's a lady television executive. That hello I Tammy, call me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she works more in the in the in the news space. Oh, okay. In the comedy I think, space. Yeah. Tammy, put that phone down. <laughs> Tammy, don't call me up. I have no well, news. We are not trying to get on the news. <laughs> I don't even Google these nuts, so I'm not a good source. Yeah. <laughs> 
terrible source. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that we are talking to you guys because it has just been a real shit storm of terrible everything in the world and personally and professional. I mean, just everything. Casey, everything. what do you think? And yeah, I mean, yeah. Yesterday, my therapist said to me, well, it's it's hard to even know where one thing stops and another thing picks right on up. So, and I was like, wow, well, we're all experiencing it. That's, yeah. uh, but so pay the big what? bucks to hear. I know. But like, no, she really was trying to it's help a shit me. show. Yeah. It's a shit show, but it's a sh- fucking shit show. Yeah. And so therefore I'm very grateful that we get to just have this ease of an interview today for the episode because I honestly... I, I'm not even kidding you. I almost was like, I don't even know if I can do this. But now that I'm here talking to you guys, my good friends, Janie and Paul and Casey, obviously, obviously. Uh, I'm very, very, very happy to talk to you guys. I love you both so much. I love Lizzie, you. We busy. love you too. And I we're mean, thrilled to be here. I know, is, I know that your audience like, was like, get more nobodies on the show. <laughs> and we're here. I don't think anyone thinks of either of you as a nobody. Janie and Paul are Janie and Paul are also friends of mine. You guys are you hold the distinction of being and tell me if this is like am I alone in this? Viewers you can you can write in about this. Um <laughs> I am terrible. I'm not the best at having friends. Like, I feel like it's a skill I learned in adulthood. Um, It wasn't something that I was always like the third wheel of like a best friend pair, Mm, like throughout my life. Um, And so anywho, anywho, I have a weird, like a lot of people have best friends and I've always been like, huh, what's that like to have a best friend? But you are two of the people that I will say, oh, they're like two of my best friends and then people are like oh you're best friends with Paul and Janie and then I'll always clarify well I never said that I'm their best friend <laughs> I said that they're my best friend like like we're going around issuing like corrections like yeah like I feel like, <laughs> like oh I, I know I, she says this but it's actually <laughs> it's it's one-sided I just Guys, always want to clarify second, really I no I do t- I want to clarify too because here's here's the thing I don't, I know that, I know what best is a designator for. I know what it means. Mm-hmm. However, I believe that best friends can be many and all Absolutely. types. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I Agreed. mean, people frequently think you can only have one best friend, but I just don't think that's true. Yeah. No, no, I don't I think that's true either. My issue I is I never want to speak for the other party in my best friendship. Oh, I, make, I can only I, say yeah. who is who is a best friend to me, but I cannot oh, yeah. say I'm a best friend to them. I would like to right. give permission to both Busy and Casey to freely use whatever designation of friendship you Absolutely. want with me. Because I love you You could say both. we're work friends. That's fine with me. <laughs> that's rude. That feels God. rude. That feels rude. No, don't say that. I don't like that. That sounds sad. I actually, now I'm upset. Um, it was going so well it can turn on a dime guys just you know can i may i say this i'm surprised to hear that uh to hear casey say that uh uh, friendship is a skill that she learned in adulthood because and and that i i I feel like you have uh, thousands of friends and um that you are you are close with many many people I, i that's that's the way i've always thought of you same. Oh, that's nice. Agreed. I think you and I had a really like 
we because I was a fan of yours before we were friends, and I just felt like like. I don't often feel like I'm in the weeds, you know, and I felt like the first five times I ever talked to you, I was like, what the fuck am I even saying? Like, then I would be like, you know what? You're just getting in your own head about this. And then people would be like, what the fuck were you even saying to him? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Well, drop those people. <laughs> what were you talking about? And so, yeah. So like the first five times I ever met you, I was like, well, if he wants to continue talking to me after this, then, you know, He's just a very, very exceedingly kind person because I'm just, I don't even know what I'm saying. See, my memory is that we connected pretty quickly. Yes. And that I would, when I would, this is, of course, for people who don't know, Casey and I met doing Best Week Ever, the original Best Week Ever on uh, Video Hits 1. And um, (laughs) I was one of many, many talking heads. And I can't imagine you knew me from anything other than that. Um, but no, you would I did. see, what did you know me from? From Mr. Show. But I mean, I, when people say they're a fan of me from Mr. Show, I assume they mean they're a fan of all of Mr. Show. And because yes. I was a part of it, they're a fan of me as a result of that. You know that I was like maniacal about Mr. Show though. Like it was like, we were the only people that had cable our age, Matt and I, my husband and I, and like people would come over to watch Mr. Show and every week it would end up, it would be rough because I would be like, I would start like laying down rules about the level of volume that people could talk at. And so I would just be like, if you can't shut the fuck up during Mr. Show, you need to take your six pack that you brought. Get out of here. I told you, I don't know how to have friends. You've never Wait, seen Jane, it. You've never seen it. She's never no. seen it. And I got to do a part in the reboot. <laughs> in, with Bob and David. Thank you, Bob Odenkirk for that. <laughs> um, that's I, amazing. Like, I was not a super fan like Casey. Also, I don't, I did not have HBO for sure. Oh, it was on HBO. I didn't either right? when I was working on Mr. Show. Yeah, I didn't have, I was one of those people. So, like, the stuff that I saw then also was like later, later. Sure. Re- yeah. Watched it. Because it, I don't know. On. But I also knew you from Tenacious D. Oh, sure. Sure, the which open I mind also host. was maniacal about. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, my college boyfriend was maniacal about Tenacious D. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. Colin. It was yeah, he was like boys. obsessed with it. It was totally oh it was no way, boys. Colin. Yeah, I just yeah. saw obsessed Colin on TV last night because I watched the what new. Was, um, oh, the was it new good? Ryan Murphy? Yeah, American Story impeachment. The, about the impeachment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had uh, I I like all of the Ryan Murphy true stuff. Do you? Oh, Just the yeah. true stuff. I don't watch the horror. What's your favorite? The OJ. The OJ one. Well, OJ one. I also yeah. loved, I very much loved Feud. I watched it twice. Oh, Feud is your fave, yeah. Mm, I didn't With, see Feud either, but. Okay, I think Feud is like awesome because it's, well, it's about like the Betty Davis, um, uh, Joan Crawford, Crawford stuff. Feud. Their feud. Their feud, feud, if you will. It's yeah. about a. It's about a feud. A feud. It's about a feud. <laughs> feud. Feud. So, so <laughs> they tend to be literally named those real feud impeachment. <laughs> Here's what happens. <laughs> it's also like to me, it's about like women aging in Hollywood and how brutal. Uh, especially of their time, you know, yeah. like to me, it was like about all of that. And I was just fascinated by it in that regard. And also Jessica Lange is like otherworldly awesome. Yeah. 
She yeah, truly. Yeah. I should have watched yeah. that, but I don't even really watch anything anymore. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Busy yeah. thought that Busy um, came in in the middle of uh, the Tiger Woods documentary, and she thought it was about the Night Stalker. <laughs> I thought it was about. I thought. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Let me. This is. By the way, we'll probably have to cut this out because we've already told this story on the podcast. I think, but it never stops being funny. Okay, I came home from work. All I knew is that Mark had been talking about watching the Night Stalker documentary. The Tiger Woods one wasn't even on my radar, okay? Sure, sure. So I didn't even know it existed. And then I walked into the room, and this is the snippet that I hear as I walk in. He had a a van that was parked just, just in the back of the parking lot of the golf course. And, you know, you would take... He would take women in there. The dad, because it's a that's his. It's about dad. the dad. They were talking yeah. about the dad. I literally yeah. was like, wait, I didn't, ha- I didn't know anything about like the Night Stalker with women and a golf course. Right. And he was a golf yeah. pro, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then the Night Stalker <laughs> was Tiger Woods' dad. dad. <laughs> so wait, so wait, but Mark wasn't in the room. Like it was just on because, and then he had like gone to see something with the kids. Well, a, a kid I don't remember which one and so I was like and I'm like watching this I'm like oh my god it's so wild and Mark walks back in and I was like well, turn it off turn it off I don't want to watch any like scary murder stuff and he's like what are you <laughs> I'm sorry I know I'm like crying laughing <laughs> I thought that he oh. was a golf pro that had a camper had and then a took van. the women in there he took the women in the van I gotta say that's fair I don't, I, you know what? I don't, I don't blame you. It's kind Not of, it's knowing cre- about either thing. I can see, yes, I can see it. I it's creepy it. in a different way. It's just, it's a I cre- mean, it's still creepy in sure. a different way. It's still <laughs> creepy. Creepy in a different way. <laughs> also, like, I don't understand people who, like, have sex with their exercise people. Like, their golf pros, tennis pros. Yeah. It's just so confusing to me. Like, how do you make that transition? Yeah, it doesn't seem sexy. If anyone saw me working out, they would not That's be what I'm tempted. Saying. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, it's gross. Yeah. It's not a cute thing. No. Whatever. Well, it, it doesn't engender the, like sexy feelings for me, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's all the touching, I guess, with those sports. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're always like, um, like it looks like Lamaze a lot. Like the person's always down at your ankles <laughs> and look, you know, looking they at your are? business before you're fi- what? Yeah, like really? if they're like holding at your ankles. I've never played golf, so. Do, not golf. Maybe that's I a don't thing. know. Maybe you, do you do crunches before golf? I don't know. <laughs> sure. I know I do. Oh, that. <laughs> but if like, but like if a trainer or like golf, you know, you get behind, you get behind them to exact, help them with their cup. swing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like standing spooning. Tennis and golf, I think, are the two chief sports where you can get behind somebody and start touching them and having them mimic your movements, like that, doing that, using that as an excuse to right. get on them. And then, of course, you start grinding. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, then, of course, you start grinding. See what happens. Um, oh, you guys. How's your podcast? How's the stay F Falcons? How's the stay F Pumpkins. It's it's actually very fun and it's going well. We're kind of slowing down our rollout schedule. Paul's on it. You know, he has his other podcasts. So we've got to keep. Yes. The other podcast that Paul is on is every other podcast. It's every. 
every yeah, and every so single we can't, other one. We can't Paul, spread our would audience. Would you say around. I don't want to? Would you say you're the you are like in so many ways like the uncle of podcasting? I don't know where in the family I would be most uh, where it would make the most sense, but I I I know that somebody once told me your relative um, for sure. I'm in the immediate, I'm in the family. You're, you're in the family. Yeah, and an older member. I think. I, I think, think that's so fair too. to say. What's the guy um, term for grand dame? Like your great great Il Devo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the Il Devo? What? I'm the Il Devo of podcasting. Sure. <laughs> um, the Don. But yeah, somebody the once told me. Somebody once told me that they they I am a good first guest for a podcast because people will. Um, seek out my name to get into a podcast. Like if they Aww. hear of a podcast, they will search my name to see if I've been on it and make that their first episode. Well, we fucked up. <laughs> no, full year, full year in. I think you're fine. You're, I doing, think you're doing fine. fine. You didn't need that. You didn't I don't think need, you need that. to worry. <laughs> you had. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I mean, listen, we fucked a lot of things up. We might as well just add one thing. We're finally figuring it out. Finally, We're finally figuring it out. You ironing out the details. We, we are. Nobody <laughs> knows. Everybody just does what they can. Yeah, and I think it takes a while before, whether you think you have figured it out or not, I think it takes a while for you to feel that way. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like when you when you finally feel like, oh, I know what our formula is. I know what, you know, this, this doesn't feel like awkward to me anymore, what we do at this part or whatever, but you may already have been there before you felt it. What, what um, do you think that's the secret to life? God damn, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> it's gotta be. Right? Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Actually, no, I do think that you have not figured it out until you feel like you figured it out as far as life goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like you're you're ever in a point, in, in at least speaking personally, I don't think I've ever been at a point in my life where I'm like, I actually was doing okay the whole time. Like it's it's it is oh. minute by minute for I sure. No, I don't know. But I think it's different for different people. I think right. figuring it out could be a bad place I to think, be. I think, yes. I think feeling like, oh, I've got this all. I know what life is. You're fucked. What's the yeah. point of life if it's already... I thought uh, the whole point of life is a constant, the constant figuring out. I or it's a, I thought you were about to say it's yeah. a constant struggle. Well, figuring things out can be a struggle. <gasps> you yeah. know what? Well, I, for some of us. I, yeah. I don't know if, if all of life is a constant struggle, but I think that struggles are a part of, are a constant part of life. That mm. things, as you, you know, as you move through it, it's like you have to worry about different things and then other things you don't have to fucking worry about anymore. Some things that were like a huge struggle for you at one point, at, at, you get to a point in life where you're like, I can't believe I worried about that. Yeah. I can't believe that was ever a thing that I spent, that I invested so much time and emotion in. Um, and then you're, then you're, you're looking at things like, now this Shit right now, this right. is serious and I have to be worried about it. Wait, what's right. the thing that you're that you have let go of being worried about that used to plague both of you? For me well, individually, I, I, not together. Yeah. For okay. me, I will say that I think I am it took me forever, and I think I am finally at the point where I don't really care what other people think of me. And this is I'm I'm like I truly. Truly, I don't. Yeah, I'm f I'm going to be 53 this month. And it took me this long, you know, mm. to say, like, I really don't care. You know, like, I, I, 
I think because I like myself more as a person than I ever have before. Like I have uh, right now, I have the least amount of self loathing, <laughs> which is not to say zero. Wow. On the scale. But, on the yeah. scale. Uh, yeah. The scale I of self loathing. On a scale of uh, absolute self loathing to a little bit, I'm at a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> My thing, I think Good. that I've um, not, because I'm not at a place where I don't care because. I still get in my head about stuff. But for me, it's been, um, I think I'm better with rejection just uh, because of acting, you know, and like having to get rejected so much. I've gotten to a place where it still stings, but I get through it much quicker than when I was younger. Yeah. And internalize it less. Right. Yeah. You don't think necessarily that rejection is, you don't take it as deeply personal. Yeah. Like I'm not like, oh my God, I suck. What have I done? You know, now it's more like they made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with your good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you know what I mean? Even just like watching the Ryan Murphy thing, I was up for a pardon in and I didn't get it. And I was really bummed out about it. And um, and I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to let it ruin me watching it, you know, but I would have probably not watched it like 10 years ago. I... <laughs> I think that's a, I mean, I think that recognizing those things and being like, that's, that's where I'm at. And like, that's fucking cool. Like, I love that. I love being able to, I'm so fucking hard on myself. I often skip the step that you just did where you're like, oh, I, that used to be a thing. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this show, even though I didn't get the part. So I love that. I think that's like a thing that I need to implement more. It's hard. recognizing it. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Did you feel yourself like getting there? Was there something that you did or did you just notice it one day? Like, oh, I don't take this as hard as I used to. Um, I, I mean, I've been actively working on it for a long time because I feel like, you know, you get rejected so much in acting. And if you're di- totally destroyed and disintegrated every single time, you'll never pers- persist. You Especially know? when you have to live in L.A., you will literally be driving down the street and see billboards for three things that you didn't get cast Absolutely. in or that well, you didn't get hired on. Not not me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one thing. <laughs> I have to say there is like a real yeah, shift in living in New York with that stuff. Is there? Like, yeah, like I don't even know how to explain how little I know about. Oh, sure. All of the things because Mm -hmm. it's just not it is. And then the month that we spent back in Los Angeles over the summer, I knew about everything, everything. And it is it's just like, guys, it's not even really a Hollywood break. I mean, I don't know. You've probably seen pictures of Los Angeles, but if you've not been to Hollywood and Los Angeles and driven around like you don't, I think, fully understand that, like the entire place is papered. You can't escape it. It's an industry town from the sidewalk. Yeah to the clouds of different people's projects, faces, new things that are coming out. Just everyone succeeding around you. Yeah. In Los Angeles, I know that parents actually alter their roots um, when when they have their kids in the car because of certain billboards are like, oh, we had to do that because of American Horror Story. (laughs) So they won't drive past a horrifying billboard. Oh, their route, their route. Yeah. Well, because you drive past about, like, an American horror story, like tongue yeah. snake going it's into disgusting. someone's ear once, 
and your six-year-old your is like traumatized, traumatized, yeah. and then yeah. you're like, "Well, we're not taking Sunset for the next three months." Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was some show. There was some. Show, I can't remember what the name of the show was, but there was a billboard where. It was a close-up of an eyeball with like a Ugh. little worm crawling out of it. And it's like, yeah. what the sci-fi. fuck you- It was on sci-fi. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? It was horrible. Horrible. And, horrible. and, and so that was- bad. Also, you know what's bad for uh, parents of young children in Los Angeles the month of October? Because yeah. the haunted hayride. Everything. Billboards, the haunted not, spare, not scary farm, haunted universal, even like spooky Haunted Erewhon. I mean- <laughs> Erewhon is always haunted. Always haunted. Absolutely. Always haunted Absolutely. by the ghost of how much money you used to have. <laughs> yeah. Before you went in there. I mean, I lived in New York some on and off, and um, I did enjoy, I did feel like I got more auditions in New York than in LA when I was there. Oh, interesting. Huh. What do you think that was about? Less actors. <laughs> the, I'm serious. I'm totally serious. I actually, I don't know if that's true, Janie. I, there are a lot of actors in New York. But I swear there's more out here. Well, there probably are. And there are people that like, it, there are more people that go up for television and film stuff, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that LA might be true. That might be true. Here, a lot of people, like people who are like hardcore into theater, yeah. are hardcore into theater. Like they want to song and oh, dance yeah. it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. One of my favorite things about billboards in Los Angeles is that frequently studios will, I guess at the urging of a manager or an agent, will put a billboard for a project near We've talked to the about home. This. You talked about this already? Yeah, because they did it to me for Busy Tonight. <laughs> did they really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they, I had two. There were two billboards in all of Los Angeles. One was on my mm-hmm. route to my Lek Fit workout, and the other one was on my route to SoulCycle. Wow. Now, did you know this was going to happen? I didn't underst- I didn't know at the time that it was a thing. And it's and it's generally speaking, not like at the request of managers or agents. It is the it is like the company, the parent company. They uh-huh. find out who, where you live. They're like, this'll shut her up. <laughs> you know best friend Emily Beebe, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been she's worked in market research and marketings forever and advertising forever. And she's the one that told me that for certain brands that she had worked on, they would find out where like big wigs at the companies that worked and they would like make sure that the billboard was on their, uh, like not worked, lived and made sure that the billboard was on their route to work. They would like research. They would literally look up routes of people. Does that mean Chaz Dean lives in your, (laughs) near your old neighborhood? (laughs) I think he probably just bought that billboard. Oh, he bought that. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) When I worked for Dave Letterman, the CBS got a billboard that like directly looked into his own office of his own giant face and then one time we took the um we we (laughs) took the show to los angeles and they must have done the same thing knowing they're going to be coming we had chartered a jet the whole staff went on one jet together so we could all fly together possibly die together but we didn't Mm. um (laughs) and uh and they picked us up on the tarmac in like whatever a, a small bus and were bringing us to the hotel and i sat with dave of course because i worked for him i dozed off onto his shoulder 
ooh, like that's so weird to to doze off onto anyone's shoulder is so embarrassing, but to have it's it be worst. your boss, ew, <laughs> cursed. But I woke up just in time to see a giant billboard and I went, oh, like I jumped. And then he was like, did you just literally jump at the sight of my face? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's a giant billboard of your face. But now that I'm thinking you about were like, it. like, am I having a one of those work nightmares? Or yeah, am like I he's here. Then, yeah, it, it was also weird. But they must have, now that you're mentioning this, Paul, they must have done their research what we were going to drive by. I mean, they the, it is absurd and it's also like it's so fucking fascinating to me how like ego drives everything you mm. know? Yeah. And like if you, I don't know like that's the that's the reasoning behind it. They want like the star to be like, I mean they are putting money behind my show. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen billboards everywhere. And then like it, if you don't take like if you don't realize that there's just like two giant billboards right. in, just the world, the, just in the world. In the whole one repeatedly because you live under it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen this billboard fifty times now. <laughs> I mean in the last fifty days. <laughs> I was like, I like because I knew about this from Emily Beebe. I was like pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I, you can ask Casey at the time. I was like mad about it. I was like, oh, really? You buy yeah. two fucking tiny billboards on my route to my gym. Oh, you know me so well. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's manipulative, though. It is honest. manipulative. Yeah. But the whole business is fucking manipulative. That's true. It is. I'm also mad nobody ever did it for me. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> when we did Best Week Ever, we made our own posters. We got in trouble for making our own posters to hang up. Best Week, we did get a billboard in Times Square <gasps> oh, for yeah, the yeah, launch yeah. of the show. And that's it was exciting. like, uh, yeah, yes, that's true. Yeah, but wait. Yeah. But when, no one cared. Wait, when Paul hosted Best Week Ever solo, remember, they put the billboard in Times Square and they used like an, they didn't even do a publicity shot of you. Didn't they use like a headshot of yours? <laughs> they used a headshot, yeah. They didn't even yeah, tell yeah. you. They just like no. rent on Google and like copied image and then, yeah. and it was like, well, that, how are you supposed to sell the show that way? It tells you nothing about him as a host or, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Look, we could spend a whole episode on what <laughs> VH1 did wrong with Best Week Ever. Behind Here's the what Best I Week Ever. <laughs> In my personal opinion, if you have a show mm. and you're looking for like success, the in my opinion, the hallmark of it is getting the dedicated emoji at the end of the hashtag of the name of the show on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. yeah. When it uh -huh. when it auto adds when it auto an adds emoji, the a emoji? custom emoji. The white Boy, lotus had is, the white lotus flower. That's right. That's and that was a it. hit that you was a it. hit show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it became that because of that emoji. Because of it. I think I hear you. Like saying. if you're going to spend your dollar, your advertising dollars, that's where you need to be spending it. Absolutely. I love it. Mm -hmm. Because I it, love cl it classes it up, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really love that Janie's like, it classes it up. It does. I think Five Eva I has agree. it. Five Eva has it. I think. Yeah, we do have it. I think yeah. it's a little magical mic. <clears throat> it is. Like a microphone. Like a it's, little It was mic. like a sparkly mic or something yeah, because I, I tweeted so. about this show and it and it pops up. And when it pops up when you're tweeting about it. You feel like you won something. It's a it's a moment. It's you like You feel like you're part of something. Yeah. I I just I'm just saying. I like that, but you know what I don't like? I don't like when stars of shows like name their followers or use the name that their followers have given themselves or whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. if I was like 
Hey girl fam or whatever. Like oh. I would be I, like, and with the hashtag, like I, it makes me so uncomfortable. And when oh yeah. What is, people what who is, are, they're like, is girl like, fam the, what, what no, is the I don't, five I just of us? made that up. I don't what, what would think be there the is five one. Of- Five. I mean, the five. 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 Now, obviously, the fans of this podcast are besties. Yeah, they like to call themselves that. Is that true? Yeah. Did I guess it? Yes. 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 Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Yeah. We made a t-shirt for them and I think we have a sweatshirt for them. Yeah. People like to call themselves besties and I've started using it, too, but I think busy will never... Never, never use gonna it. Hey, best, happen, hey, never gonna happen. Hey, besties. Never gonna happen. Where are my besties at? Hey, guys. Um, okay, so Paul, I have, I want to ask a podcast, these pod, these these nuts podcast, <laughs> these podcast nuts questions. Which this is like the actor studio. Well, it is. It's like we. I really am like a James Lipton. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, truly, sure. that yeah. is what the comparison has been made time Absolutely. and time again. Yes. Um. So. <laughs> Now that's like, settled. Yeah, it's settled. <laughs> okay, we enjoy talking the entire sort of thing that we like to discuss our our pivots in mm-hmm. in career, in life, in like whatever. I feel like I know a few of both of you are pivots, but I'm curious if there is a pivot for you, Paul F. Tompkins, that's 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 at right at the top of mm-hmm. the most important slash devastating slash hilarious but hilarious pivots first and then Janie you think about it dealers and it choice. can be personal too mm. uh, yeah I've had mm. a few, like when I first started when I when I first got a manager after I moved out here um I was doing stand-up and I very much wanted to be in movies um I wanted to have like a Bill Murray type career and that's what I what I kind of wanted to do. And I was frustrated that that wasn't happening. My manager at the time, her name was Julie James. She was uh, a terrific manager who eventually got out of the business to devote her life to uh, altruism. (laughs) Um, And I will always feel like I was one of the people that drove her to quit showbiz. (laughs) But she she was the best manager. And at the time she was like, I think you should be the next David Letterman. And I didn't want to hear that because I didn't want to be myself. I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like later after she after she quit, like I was like, and I didn't I didn't connect it at first. And I was like, I, do, I want to host things. I want to be a host, TV host. And, and, you know, when Best Week Ever happened and then um, after that ended, that was my goal was like I set my sights on doing my own show. And I finally got to do a pilot for Comedy Central. Um, the pilot not only didn't go, Wait, so but and the you one guessed it on it. it. Yes, yeah, you guessed it. I on did it. the pilot. Yes, you did. You were on that pilot. Yeah, it was in 2013. Um, yeah, and uh, I not only did the show not go, but the head of the network at the time called me as I was about to. I was in Chicago and I was about to do this music video, and we were out on location. Um, uh, near uh, the lake and it was a night shoot. We were going to shoot, we started shooting as soon as it got dark and we were going to go till like, you know, f- five in the morning or something like that. And I got a call from the head of the network 
who said, is this, a, do you, is this a good time to talk? And I said, actually, I'm about to step on set. And then he just started talking to me. No. And no. telling me, this was before the show didn't was officially didn't go. And he, he told me that the, the, that I, the show wasn't good, that I, I did not, um, I made mistakes in uh, booking guests. There was like one guest that was maybe a mistake, not you, Busy, but somebody else. Um, it's okay and if it that was me. I don't actually. It was not you. It was not okay. you. And that I came across as uh, old fashioned and kind of stuffy and that I was not really um, going to do well with their audience. And I was like, TMI. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> um, and then it was like a month after that that they said, yeah, we just tested it and it didn't do well and the show's not going to go. So I had to like live with that for a month where he was essentially, he was putting it all on me. Like I was the reason that this thing did not go. And I couldn't understand. This was like a guy that I was friendly with, like before he got this job. And I was like, I couldn't understand why he was telling me this. Like, what was I supposed to do with that information except dwell on it? For years, <laughs> I, that is, Which is super what I did. interesting. Like, like, holy fuck! Like, yeah. why? I, I it's never. Funny, that's never making me it. think of something that you guys were talking about on a previous com, com, Comcast uh, podcast yes, um, about about this sort of like wave of people. Uh-huh. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Because I know people that are like, oh, I'm a radical truth teller Ugh. or whatever. You know, and it's like, that's not always the kindest avenue of communicating with someone you appreciate. It's also you're you a radical be- opinion giver. But yes. also, you know what I mean? Just yeah. because you said it doesn't mean it's the fucking truth. But I wonder if in his in his point of view, if he thought that, yes. that yes. truth telling was somehow like a kindness, but it wasn't. Is that makes sense? It sure was. I just have because... to be honest, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just have to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. It was also, it was before the thing was officially dead. I didn't understand why make me, it didn't cushion the blow. Right. You know what I mean? I can it, only assume good intentions from this person knowing who this person is. But I've tried. I don't think he was doing it maliciously, but I think it was a very misguided thing to do. Also, he, some of these people in these positions, they forget what creatives go through. Right. Yeah. And, and so or they never knew. Exactly. And yeah. so they're used to talking about you like you're just this commodity mm-hmm. to other people in the corporation. You yeah. know what I mean? And then when it comes to dealing with the actual talent, they don't understand sort of like the, the bleeding that you've done. Yeah. I think that's the case with just a lot of people never think of the way what they're saying is. And this is also something we've talked about on the podcast. When you're like, should I say something about the way this made me feel? Should I say something about my side of this? Mm-hmm. Or like if someone says something to you that rubs you the wrong way or hurts your feelings or whatever, and you're like, should I say something back? And I think about it for a really long time. And then I'm like, how long did this motherfucker think about what they were bo- about to say to me? Zero yeah. seconds. Yeah. I know it was zero seconds. Yeah. And like it, the truth is like it's hard when somebody's talking about the persona that you have on camera, that's really you. That's your persona. So it's doubly painful as opposed to like, oh, this part that you were acting wasn't right. It's, you know, we've, we're not going in that direction. But when somebody's saying like, essentially you are not appealing, then yeah. like, what are you supposed to do about that? Yeah. 
Paul, I need your help with this. Do you remember like literally, like I was definitely in this house and we were doing a thrilling adventure hour Mm -hmm. and I swear I'm just having the most intense deja vu that I like, but that I, during that in the before show of thrilling adventure hour, I was like, oh my God, I had this like weird dream with Paul. Like you guys were on my podcast Anyway, guys, that just happened while everything was happening <laughs> and the rain and the rain outside. And I really like couldn't even follow. I mean, I, c- I can, of course, follow. But I really am in a deja vu wormhole right now. I hear you. I hear you. Weird. Are you OK? No. <laughs> Are you still in okay. it? Is anyone no. OK? <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I listen. But so so my but like how was the tactlessness of that particular executive in that moment like how did it I mean obviously it it, it affected you but did it were you just like well I'm not going to host things anymore or did you take it to heart or did you use it as fire or like how did it no it devastated me I took it to heart and I didn't know what to do I didn't know if this is it it cast a shadow over everything that I tried to do after that Mm. you know and it sucked because it put me in this place of, well, I'm never going to get to do anything like that. So what do I do? And um, it was the beginning of a very long and slow descent into a depression that honestly um, reached its peak during quarantine. Um, and then, uh, you know, because there's so much time to just think and dwell on mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what my career is. And, you know, I, I was getting, because of BoJack, I was getting a BoJack Horseman. I did a voice on BoJack Horseman <laughs> and I was getting more and more voiceover work. And I was like, is this what it is? Is Am I doing just this now? Like auditioning, not getting anything, not even getting that many auditions. And occasionally somebody would stick me in a thing. And I was like, is this what it is? Is that occasionally somebody who's a fan of mine mm. from some other thing says, okay, now we're in our seventh season. So if we want, we can stick this guy in there. Right. Um, you know, and and always a part that was like, well, this part can never come back, you know? And so I couldn't even be like, oh, I can show up on this show every once in a while, you know? Um, and I was really, but it, it all came back to that com- that phone conversation where I was like, huh. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just like, damaged goods or something or nobody wants me i don't have anything i don't i'm not marketable i don't have a thing that anyone wants and honestly it wasn't until i changed my fucking medication last year that i climbed out of that that i got out of that i was lifted out of it well but also there was a lot of self-reflection during the pandemic on top of that uh, tons and but also part of that self-reflection is well i can't be living in this place i can't be just like this is where it ends like i can't just be sitting in this forever the way that you're just the way that you described that moment like the phone call like it was clearly a trauma yeah the phone call itself was a trauma yeah because well first of all i'm a big late in life learning what boundaries are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. didn't ever fucking know but immediately railroaded over your boundary you're like actually i'm about to do something right now i'm about i'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm that, literally about that to actually, me is the craziest this isn't, part. A great, this isn't a great time yes which then from that point on 
it is it is it is disrespect Down. from that yeah. point on. Exactly. Yeah. So no matter. So even if let's say Janie, you are one of the sweetest people I know. Best intentions, uh, trying to be helpful, maybe even calling you in a way like, how could we fix this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't fucking matter because from the moment when you're like, actually, no, I can't ha- engage in this in this moment and he railroaded over you, it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking done. It's yeah. done. Can yeah. I say one thing too? That's Almost worse than being disrespectful, I hate the performance of respect that isn't true. Yeah. So I hate when someone says, hey, I just wanted to um, check if this was okay with you. And you're like, actually, it's not. And then the person like debates you on whether oh, or not yeah. it's okay. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you thought I was just going to say yes and yeah. acquiesce to, to this and you really, weren't in- <laughs> <laughs> you really weren't interested in whether or not it was okay with me. You just wanted to give the performance of respecting me. Yeah. And that's almost worse than just disrespecting me to begin with. Like if you ask somebody for space and they're like, mm, two days is enough. And then they start like texting you or something. And it's like, that's not, that's not how this works. It's like, yeah. you don't decide. This you know, is not your situation at all, Paul, but a lot of misogyny is that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you'll be sitting at a bar reading a book. <laughs> reading a book is and the like, biggest oh. leave me alone signal and then that you're you can like possibly and that's the dumbest like example but like no, you know you're like oh, i'm example. just reading my book and then they're like so what's it about and it's the same kind of exchange in a way it's like the person thinks they're more important important than your space yeah. Yeah, 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 or yeah. something yeah okay so paul i want to go back to because this is i i'm like wow i'm so grateful to hear that you are like on the other side of that because I, um, and I'm sorry that I ruined your pilot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You classed it up. I'm really teasing. Uh, No, because I uh, remember being at the taping for the pilot and Mark and I watching you before I went out or whatever and just being like, this is it. Like this, this is what, you were like born to do this is like it was so clear it was so fucking funny and so clear to us like what a huge talent and star you were and like how that was what you should be doing that was and it was so clear to me just in knowing you that that was like your dream and everything to hear that like one person's thought has been in your brain for so many years Mm. like really really breaks my heart and like, um, and I fucking get it. I get it so deeply. Like I obviously get it, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't just the medication to be fair. Like you had to like do work, you know what I mean? Like I oh, want yeah. you to give yourself as much yeah, credit yeah, yeah. as you can, but I have often thought, and Mark and I've ta- talked about that pilot hmm. and like, I've often thought like, why doesn't Paul do another, why didn't he try to do another late night talk show somewhere? Why didn't he try to do, and listen, our paths are our paths. And like, I'm like grateful for the work that you do and like all of the stuff. But I, I hate the thought that one person like so deeply affected your dream. Well, thank you for saying that. And you know, what I have to do is look at it as, and what, I, what I've come to look at it as, is that there are many dreams. And 
you know, what what happened after quarantine was I started to realize, like, I want to do what I want to do. And that's why I started, uh, you know, re-fired up my variety show again and saying, I just want to do a thing that is just for me. If I can make some money from it, great. There's no... There's no other purpose for this. This I'm doing this just to do it because it would be fun for me to do. As far as work goes, I'll take what comes along. If I get auditions, I'll audition. If I get hired for this or that, I'll do that. If I get voiceover work, I'll do that. I mean, I have a very nice life. And I, I'm okay with not being... Uh, some kind of household name or something, or, you know, I'm okay with people not knowing where to find my shit. You know what I mean? If I have to say it's on this weird platform that's new or whatever, like whatever that is, like I, I think about (laughs) there's this show. I won't name it. I'll text you later what show it is, but it's been (laughs) on, it's been on for years. I've never seen it. I've never heard anybody talk about it. It is on this platform that I've never visited. If I got on a show like that, that no one, that no one ever saw, but somehow it kept staying on, I'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like if I was having a good time, that's that's really I've really come to look at at priorities as being the things that are necessary as opposed to the things that I desire, and realizing that I still get to have a really good life doing fun things. You know, like it's it's good, you know, like my 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 priorities have become less egocentric mm-hmm. um, and and uh, part of that really is age, you know, it's like getting older and realizing like there's part of it that's like, you know, well, if I if the time to kind of you know focus on things and be better and 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 about understanding how the business works and all that was when I was younger. And unfortunately, I was not in a great space when I was younger. It was pre-therapy. It was, you know, there was so many things that I didn't realize were wrong that were wrong. And if I had been able to, I either had to be in a sort of emotional place where I am now, or I had to be a sociopath. And since I was neither of those things at the time, that's how it worked, you know? Right, right. And, um... So I'm okay with I'm okay with where I am. I'm okay with where I am. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. I think where it's like, do oh we want to do? Casey this? has been there for me so many times. Like when I have been struggling with these issues, and I I cannot I cannot under I cannot overestimate um, how much that has meant to me Aww. over the years. Well, I just, I love you so much. And I do not say this lightly. I've worked for, I've worked for icons. I just have. Like, I feel weird saying that, but it's true. I've worked it's for. absolutely true. And it's true. <laughs> There's no way and, around it. <laughs> and so, you know, so I've, I've sat down and rolled my eyes uh, at, at the most famous, most talented, <laughs> beloved people. Um uh, that have performed on the planet and you are the most talented comedian I've ever yeah. had the 
the privilege to work with um, to the point where like, again, when we, when we first met, it was working on this show. And I was like, I don't know if I can write for him. Like, I don't know if I can do it. Cause I'm nervous, you know, like not realizing, cause I didn't know you and I didn't realize like how collaborative you would be and how, how great it was to have you say, Oh yeah. And like, let's take this and add to this and how much fun it would be to work for you. I was, I was nervous because you are just so wildly talented and every comedian that everybody looks up to now, you're, they always are like excited to know that I know you, you know what I mean? Like you're, that's very sweet of you to tell me that it's 100% true. Your name comes up every time. And it's just, so we, I feel like you and I have had a lot of conversations like, well, okay. So for whatever reason, like, what are we going to cry about not being Dane Cook? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause we're not, then you see, like you see who, who did get a late night show and you can see now that perspective of like, oh yeah, I'm, this makes sense. I'm not that. Yeah. Okay. But just real quick, Sidebar, would you have given John Mulaney 19 minutes to talk about his year and announce (laughs) his girlfriend's pregnancy? Just for reference, Paul, I did, I did, I did, we did, we did a late night show, me and Casey, Mm -hmm. and I talked about abortion rights and we had to keep it under three. So it it was, I believe it was, I believe it was 215. Like no one's gonna get it right. You know, but you just mm-hmm. have to like at least try and yeah. Yeah. your best. Oh, is that the name of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like not. To change the podcast title every week. I would just Does like to say for the that? record, Paul, if you decide to blow up our marriage, can we do it a little differently than that? Yeah, let's plan. Let's plan it out. <laughs> well, you guys, I'm going to I'm going to be honest, like the a lot of the stuff from my book about Mark, like whilst Mark had a lot of. uh like say, like a lot of say in what was included in my book and what wasn't um the way that it was like sort of extrapolated in the press has been really hurtful for him and in, in a lot of ways and it was mm-hmm. it's been a thing that like that sucks I had to but I also ha- have to own that because I you know said those things and like I was obviously self-absorbed in Mm -hmm. my in my thinking about how the book would be taken and there just are a ton and people really wanted to talk about the marriage stuff and like it's so hard to Monday morning quarterback too like how are you supposed to like future trip on on the on the one thing that is going to be get get distorted and like scrutin- get picked up by the scrutin- press, scrutin- scrutin- scrutinized. Yeah. It's like scrutinized. when Al Roker wrote in his book about sharding at the White House, that's all anyone wanted to talk about. <laughs> now that one, I feel like you could you- have future tripped on. You could have definitely future tripped on sh- on the sharding at the White and House. And then Al Roker would be like, "Enough! Can we can we stop talking about how I sharded at the White House?" And then everyone was like, "Al Roker, you put it in your book." <laughs> And he should have named it. I sharded at the White House. Well, the thing is, Mark never really had Mark read the all of the versions of the book and whatever. And he never had an issue with what I wrote. The problem becomes that you Google his name and it's like busy Phillips. I wanted to leave my deadbeat husband or whatever it was like not or whatever. They like make these terrible. Right. They make these headlines. It's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly accurate. Taken out Mm -hmm. of context, which is something Joan Rivers talked about. It's true. She did. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, what we should get to is 
we heard Paul, yeah we heard Paul's pivot that he had like this I mean what do you just sum it up Paul <laughs> like you had this pivot and you're in a better place what's the log line of your pivot what's the elevator if we're pitch selling this your... the elevator pitch thank you Jesus <laughs> <laughs> um uh, life goes on I guess you mm-hmm. know it's like it's very easy to get hung up on on one thing several times, you know, it could be several things you get hung up on in a row. Um, but that life goes on and there's, a there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's one of my favorite sayings that my mom used to say. And it's so disgusting. Why it's horrible. would you skin a cat at all? Why, yeah. Who's doing this? Who's skinning these cats? I say that all the time. That's it's what southern, I would love. Southern? I would love a cat skin blazer. Uh- <laughs> Now you um, know someone's really going to create that for you. That's the danger. That is yeah, the amount of power and fame that you have. Someone's going to sew you up a cat skin Ew. blazer. Don't, guys, don't do, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Calico, please. And then you have to go on Seth Meyers and he'll let you talk for 19 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> about how how you have re- de- Heather or de- cat carcasses left on our <laughs> porch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I feel like I don't know. I feel like you've even with that that thing like derailing you in in some ways. Like all the stuff that you've like found joy with, and and then during the pandemic, even starting stay at Homekins, stay f Homekins, stay f Homekins, the podcast, yeah. Which is really a delight and like a really unexpected twist. It's so fun. (laughs) I didn't. I mean, I didn't. You know, you guys were just like, hey, I don't know. I just feel like everything does. It does end up being exactly what it needs and should absolutely for a person. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And also fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do better. Right. Uh, Remember, do better, do better. Do better. So Janie had ad Tompkins. Yes, ma'am. Tell me, tell us, tell us all. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the middle of a pivot. <gasps> Your pivot. This is exciting. <laughs> How much of it has happened since you got on the microphone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so far, five minutes in, going great. <laughs> um, no, I just want to say really quick, just really quick. Uh, number one, I didn't know Paul about your Bill Murray type career aspirations. That was a that was a new piece of information for me. And number two, when and do um, you think it's hot? Yeah, I think it's hot. I, I just wanted hot. to get to the point where I could show up at people's weddings and they'd be thrilled. <laughs> I feel like you are at that point. Yeah, I, think so I think so too. Okay, Janie, sorry I interrupted you. And then the you. second part uh, when when Busy was saying how you know, how sorry she was and was feeling very connected to that information. I, it, it was moving to me as well, because I'm thinking about all of us, you know, we're creative people. And sometimes people don't understand that a lot of times what goes along with being creative is a certain sensitivity. And it's kind of hard to move through the spaces that we move in uh, as highly sensitive and and that just like struck me in a way. I, I hate that sometimes because people don't they don't respond to 
people being sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know how to handle it. No, I think it's, but it's like a superpower. They should, it should be celebrated. It should not be so like, you know, like stepped on and, and treated so casually. It personally, that's just my personal thing that I took from that conversation. Okay. My pivot. I, uh, (laughs) basically I'm like, um, just like with the acting stuff now I'm in my forties and it's like harder. And I was listening to the Julia Duffy episode and oh my God, that so inspired me. I know a lot. And because, and also Jana, Jana Schmieding. Yeah. She inspires me so much too, because talking about how like you know, you're you're a performer and you're kind of like at the mercy of things being done, like made for you and being part of other people's storytelling. And I have like for so long now, and I'm like, you know, I'm a Southern person and Southerners have like, we have stories to tell. Like we're natural storytellers. And so I'm trying to get into writing. I wrote a pilot during the pandemic and I'm a, I want to take it out this fall. And it's inspired by my own insane blended crazy family dynamic stuff and growing up in Charleston and all of that. And that's where I am. That's my pivot. I want to read it, first of all. Okay, I will send it to you. But this is not (laughs) my first pilot that I've written. I've worked on other things. Like, Paul and I have a project that is going out soon, and I wrote something before that that was going to be like I'm obsessed with that one. Yeah. And so— That one hopefully will go somewhere. But this is more personal. The one I wrote is more personal and more like me trying to find my voice as a creator, you know, which hopefully I can keep honing and stuff. But that's been an interesting pivot because I never trusted myself. I didn't – I never studied writing. I studied acting. And I never trusted myself to be like, oh, I can sit down and write a script, but, you know – there's skills that you can pick up and also apply the other type of skills you have toward it. So Yeah, I would think that you're in like a unique position to bring something to the table as a writer that, you know, not a lot of writers have. I mean, I hope so. That's the way I'm sort of framing it for myself is like I know the kinds of scenes actors want to play. I know the kinds of scenes women in their 40s and up want to play. And that's sort of what I applied to what I'm doing going forward. And Julie Duffy saying like, she hates getting scripts. She says that she can get a script and read the part that she's reading for and know if a man wrote it, like right off the bat, because it's it'll true. be so like broadly, like yeah, stereotyped in- and cliched. Yeah. yeah and, and anyone could play it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, F that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be enabling that. You know, I want to be part of the system where I'm contributing something meaningful toward changing that. It's always so strange to me that the way that people are dismissive, and of course, like obviously it's occurring to me now that I'm in my 40s too, the way that people are so dismissive uh, of like older Well, older everything, right? Older characters, older performers, older writers. These are the people with the most story of anyone. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like just by how long they've been on the planet, they've they've collected the most story, the most feelings, the most, you know, you know, when I had this epiphany, Janie, I'll tell you, busy loves it when I do this, bringing it up. When Prince passed away, people would always like, like to on these message boards, ask questions about like, what's your favorite hair era of Prince, whatever. And people would always say like, if you could have dinner with 
prince, what era would you choose? And I will I was was like I would take him like the day before he died because he was right. all the it's princes the that you're talking about. It's the most he prince. Was, exactly. It's the, the most, most prince. prince. Yes. And let's face it, I have this perimenopausal rage as my engine right now. And it um, is fueling me. Like I wow. have it, it is like chugging away and it is pushing me into this other space mm-hmm. that I didn't feel it, a healthy entitlement to claim before. And now I'm like, you know, ready to rumble. But yeah. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, I if, feel it. And also, like, I'm glad that you're using your perimenopausal rage for a creative pursuit and not like, you know, tur- turning into a a Karen. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> Karen. Or like getting into fights with people at like supermarkets and shit or whatever. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I think that this, <laughs> the creative avenue is just, I think it's a better version. No, I oh, mean, sorry, I'll Karen on some network exec and be like, uh, can I speak to your manager? Because this <laughs> script, someone needs to buy this script. That's my... I never thought about that. So it sounds like you and Paul are kind of in a similar in a similar place. It's Paul says that he's in a place where he no longer cares what people think about him for the first time. You're being fueled by perimenopausal rage. Also, rage engine. Rage engine. P M E. P M E. Perimenopausal rage engine. So how That's is my PME working together with his DGAF um, <laughs> in your house? And I Can still I, don't sorry. have DGAF. Can I just say the idea of doing a pitch to someone and then saying, I'd actually like to speak to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should try it. I you think seem that underqualified. Would be fun. Chad, <laughs> let me, who's your superior? Yeah. <laughs> Chad I'd like to speak to the manager of Netflix. Can I, can I talk to somebody else? <laughs> um, I just who's who's the boss around here? Michael Eisner. Let's get him on the phone. I'd like but to speak my to him. personal pivot in busy. This is something you just casually mentioned <sighs> earlier that I want to talk about is finding boundaries later in life because I did not grow up. I never even understood what the definition of boundaries were until just recently. Like people who are like, oh, you need to say no to that and have boundaries. I just thought boundaries were saying no. And that's so not even close to what boundaries are. Because boundaries. same. Yeah. Same. Like, oh, oh, like boundaries are also like with your own being, like where you start and begin, like where you're not being like sucked into somebody's force field kind of a thing because I've always been kind of spongy in that way, Um, Mm -hmm. which is helpful with acting. Yeah. You know, but not helpful with life. Yeah. Because you're absorbing. I feel like I absorb people's anger a lot. And like, Mm -hmm. so my boundary recently and especially in the pandemic is being like, I understand that you're not feeling great. Uh But like, it's like you're dripping that feeling like all over and I'm stepping in it and getting it on me. And like, you know, everybody's allowed to feel not great, but I feel like that's a, that's a boundary that I've developed where I'm like, stop giving me like your trash to hold. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not a garbage can where you just dump your 
poor feelings and then go off into the world like feeling better unburdened of all that shit and here I am holding it like I that's and so I feel like that's what you're describing a little bit and so much of it was how I was raised like in the south I was the only girl in my family too and just this whole like societal kind of expectation on me to make everything better for everyone mm-hmm. else constantly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And and even and while that's a an admirable skill to have and I know I can access it at any moment, it doesn't have to be my 24/7 ethos to yeah. the point where I'm like you know, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> that like, almost made, I'm I almost feel like I want to cry hearing you say that because because I'm just picturing you taking on the shit of other people that you know in an effort to make things better when I know because I know you that the way that you actually make things better is by being your outward self who you are like you're yeah <laughs> you're the sunshine you know you're the person that I want to hear from I don't want to hear other I don't want to see you getting other people's shit stuffed into you. I've you know been what I mean? in a situation where I've had like close friends when I'm like, I'm having a hard time right now. And a, and like a close friend, I'll be like, you can't be, you can't be having a hard time. Like you're not like, like you're not allowed or something. Yeah, I'm the hard time person. I'm the hard time person. <laughs> and it, and I, you are the person who listens to the hard time. And so I've had Oof. to like kind of reassess those types of friendships in my life just because like I can't no no human can live that way, you know? Right. And so yeah, I mean I do have an optimism and a sunniness, but I also work at it, especially in the times we're living in. Like yeah. there are times I want to be like, what <laughs> it's gonna burn down to the ground. It's all gonna yeah. burn down to the ground. <laughs> you know? So but like, you know, you have to kind of like that that's a boundary too, right? Yeah. Of being like, mm-hmm. okay. What can I control in this smaller space that I'm yeah. occupying, you know? So yeah. So that, those are my pivots. And some of it was the pandemic, too. Like, even though this is, like, stuff I've been working on in therapy pre-pandemic, the pandemic kind of, like, hammered it home. I don't know. I just, like, had, like, time to really be like, what the fuck? I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. I want to, and I have things to say, you know, I have things to say and I want to funnel it and put it out there and not just defer to other people's stuff, you know? Yeah. That's what I want from you too. That's what I want from you too. (laughs) And from you, Paul, and from you, Casey, and from me, Busy Phillips. (laughs) I want it for all of us because we're all creative, sensitive people, and and it is true. Okay, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't know. I didn't have a specific trauma that brought it on like Paul did. I just ha- <laughs> I have a lot of childhood. Oh, you will. You <laughs> no, I have a lot of childhood trauma that I've yeah. Yeah. that, uh, and I don't call it that. I call it adversity, childhood adversity. Yeah. Janie, do you know what I'm doing next week? Yeah, I do. Paul, you could, yeah, of course, because you listen to podcasts. Yeah. It's like from that era of like new agey spirituality, yes. self-help therapy, mm-hmm. fucking heal the child 
situation. I'm I'm curious to hear about your experience with it. Uh, by the way, I'm obsessed with Esalen and have been dying to go for years. It's a very I know I can't get Paul to go because it's like a kind of like a naked place and that's not his deal. Not his vibe. You know what? I appreciate that because the first time I ever saw Paul in shorts, I almost fainted. Uh. <laughs> There's like a list of things I can't handle, and that is one of them. Well, no, I feel like any of that stuff is like can be any of this stuff can be like even if it's just like a if it is a spa week or whatever, sure. like or like any of that stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I think what's the well, what's the worst that can happen is that I end up in a cult. But that'd be good for me. I think it's I don't I think it's I think it's fine. I know enough people that have gone. But uh I don't know. I think you should, you should, but maybe Paul it. needs to push himself into naked territory. I don't know. Well, no. okay. Speaking right. full, no. full no. circle of the podcast in a way, because Eslin, um, like, did you guys see the movie? It's kind of one of my favorite movies, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Uh, Ted and, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's very funny. It's from the sixties and like, they basically, the movie like starts, they go to like this Eslin kind of place. These, yeah. these couples. And so they kind of get into like this free love stuff. And the one, um, the one couple, she's like sleeping with her tennis coach. <laughs> <laughs> full circle. So full oh, circle. circle. <laughs> Paul and I are going to start a retreat that is fully, fully clothed. You have in- to wear extra clothes. I think mine. I'm, I think I'll be wearing a lot of clothes at mine, guys. Just so you know, some type of fancy hat. You're wearing yeah. clothes at yours. You're wearing clothes. I think, at no, yours? I think I'm wearing a lot of clothes. It's gonna be a little chilly. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Well, yeah. uh, at Esalen, like you don't have. I I've heard, talked to me, people who go to Esalen, um, because like I said, I'm totally obsessed with it, and um, you don't have to be naked in the hot springs with the other right. people. Like That's you fair. can wear a bathing suit, but you will see other nakeds here's what i'm now gonna say now we're talking <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will know everyone will know that yeah. you're a never yeah. nude nerd yeah you're a yeah perv. you're the nude nerd and a perv. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the pervy nude nerd would you do pervy that but busy would you do naked would you do naked hot springs like a public i'm, a naked, I'm like a weird i'm like a weirdly naked person oh you're okay naked yeah, I'm I not, hate myself I and my body and what I look like, uh-huh. but I'll weirdly just be naked in front of anyone. Like it's so it makes no sense. I have like you're not the like, most insecurities and then like none. But like in other words, you're not like an exhibitionist. No, I just like I just don't care. You have no hang-ups about it. I don't care yeah. about people seeing my body because I just feel like it's just a body. I don't care yeah. about that. But then when I think about my body or when I look at my body, I get very self-critical and I hate it. But I think that's just like my programming from, you know, right. being who, being a person. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Casey, what I'm about you? I'm worried about sunburns. I'm just worried. No, you Good know. Point. You, you can know- go after dark. You know, our friend Nelson Walters, like he, Nelson was a co-executive producer of Busy Tonight. He also worked on Best Week Ever with Paul and I. Uh, When we were sent to Miami on an assignment one time for Best Week Ever, and there was like a pool at the, um, at the hotel and he wanted to work in the pool. And I was like, Nelson Walters, I would sooner die than get into a pool with a colleague. Oh, (laughs) 
And so he was in the pool and I was just poolside, fully clothed. And then also on our little patios of our, because it was like a former motel that had been turned into a fancy hotel. They Uh had bathtubs on the patios with Uh um, like curtains surrounding them. And it was really hot. And Nelson was like, it it was super hot day in Miami. And Nelson was like, let's go back to the hotel. You know what you should do? You should like get some Epsom salts, take a nice bath, cool off. And, you know, and then we'll like get together for dinner. And I was like, that is sweet advice. I love you, Nelson. He's the sweetest man in the world. But then he was like two doors down and he kept yelling, I'm coming over when he knew I was in the bath. And I was like, no. And I kept trying to like get up out of the bath. And then he'd be like, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to not relax you at all. His I'm going to break my neck real. trying to get out of this stupid bath you made me take because you keep threatening to like peek my naked shoulders. Stop it. Anyway, I'm sure HR would have had a ball with that one if we had had HR. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Ah, well you guys it's time for me to take a bath (laughs) yeah your midday bath no but you want to just do it on the zoom I'm just kidding I wouldn't (laughs) I don't know sometimes I I do think it would be nice if I could figure out how to podcast but I was gonna say this is the first viable uh, podcast theme alternative I think like podcast we're all taking baths. Try not to electrocute ourselves. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm so scared about that. So I'm not. I don't like that right. plan. <laughs> um, but wait, I had something else to say before we went away. I think it was about how much I love you guys and I really miss you. I miss we you. Miss you too. Mm, yeah. I love you too. I was excited to do the podcast just so I, uh, like it was like we were just like FaceTiming. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Like I mean, that wasn't like, honestly. It's been a nice catch up. It's more sure. of a visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really was. But also, you told us a lot of interesting things. You gave everyone a lot of food for thought. Hopefully. I, hope so. I mean, the pivots were so, I don't know. They weren't dramatic like some people's pivots. I mean, well, I mean, no one's, ever, no one's ever going to top Natalie Morales falling down the stairs at the opera and shattering her skull. That Never was, knew that was a thing. Yeah. I Did mean, you know that, Paul? Yeah. When I, when, oh. Early on when I first met her, it came up, I think somebody else that she knew, maybe the person who introduced us brought it wow. up at some point. And she like showed how she has no cartilage in her nose. Oh my God. Oh. And like just pressed her nose flat. It was wild. Whoa. But okay. hey, now she has a trick face. Yeah, so. Never trust a trick face and a smile. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I love you both so much. Thank you for being on our podcast. Um, And thank you, though, for always being friends to each of us individually, also together. Yeah. Also, everyone is friends. I know. We love love you you both so much. I love you, Busy. I love you, Casey. Thank you for being our friends. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yes. This was delightful. I just want to say, I know we're not supposed to talk about the way people look. You both look fucking great very good whoa thank you thank you thank you i accept it (laughs) yeah that's right i'm using the the filter on zoom but that's okay (laughs) i touched up my appearance but whatever all right love you thank you love you all right talk talk soon okay bye 
Yay. And we're back. We're, we're back. We're back. Paul Tompkins also had a birthday this week. Happy oh. birthday, PFT. We love you. PFT. <laughs> Um, um, which is wonderful. Oh, also, you know what I want to say to everybody? Thanks for being so nice about the Joan Rivers episode last week. It was that was one of the things that I was doing my best at. I was trying to write like little memories of Joan Rivers and just put it on Instagram because, like, who's going to mm-hmm. stop me? Who's going to tell mm-hmm. me I can't? Nobody. No one. Nobody. No one's going to. And so, yeah. So, thanks uh, for everybody listening and um, all your super nice comments about that because that was truly a time when I'd never spoken into a microphone before. And uh, I probably was nervous to death, although I can't remember. But um, it was nice. It was so nice to hear her voice again. You were very sweet. <laughs> Uh, and thanks again to Melissa Rivers for uh, giving her blessing to let us be on interview. The wonderful Melissa Rivers. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I guess I'll see you in like a couple of weeks. What are we doing next week? Is Do we have an episode or what? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make an episode. Some oh, we are. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. But I won't. It won't be while I'm away at my camp. Yeah. So it'll be like. <laughs> My, Gener- camp, my crying camp. <laughs> You'll be at crying camp. We will make an episode. It won't be topical necessarily because we'll have to do it ahead of time. But, um, you know, so if something happens with with Benifer, it it won't be like up to the minute, hot, fresh take on that. But, you know, a lot of times we just talk about whatever anyway. So it did you watch the um, VMAs? I did not watch the VMAs because like I I followed along on Twitter and I was like a lot of these people it's not for me. A lot of these people I don't know who they are and I'm I'm a lady my age and I saw a couple of people that I thought were like Machine Gun Kelly and and somebody else and they just weren't that at all and then I was like I don't know what I'm talking about. I have to like log off. I don't know who anyone is and I didn't my and pe- I didn't watch it. My best VMAs what? was in 1991. The, it's untoppable for me. So why am I even trying? With the butt? Yeah. Is that with his butt? Yeah. Who's ever going to do better at the VMAs than that? I don't think anyone. And do you want to know, do you want to hear something that I think is funny about the 1991 VMAs with Prince's butt? Mm-hmm. Is that there is a loop of a song of a woman's voice making sexy noises it's from a song called Peach. Normally, that's what it's in, but he used it during his VMAs performance. And that's right. the voice of uh, one Kim Basinger, who had already by that time started to date Alec Baldwin, I believe. So I wonder, because I like to wonder these things, did Prince think maybe Kim and Alec would be in the audience and like it would be funny to play a loop of her making like sexy noises during his performance, during a very sexy song with his butt out? Maybe. I don't know if Kim were and they Alec were there. Sec- were they sexy noises that she, for just that she made for him, or it was rumored that they had maybe actually had sex um, and recorded it? But then you know it's just rumors. I don't know. I don't know if that's if they like mic'd the room and then had sex. There's all kinds of s- rumors about Kim and Prince. Um, 
including my friend Anile Dash has a really interesting theory about her outfit that she wore to the Oscars. He theorizes that Prince's costumers made it for her because it really looks like a very Prince-esque outfit, including with like a word down the sleeve and it looks, it's very princely. She said she designed it herself, but that doesn't necessarily mean that because she was living at Paisley Park for some time and perhaps his costumers sewed that up. So there's your little, uh, your little Prince cookie for the week. Prince nugget. That's, this is basically just a Prince podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't watch this week's VMA is going to talk about the one 30 years ago. Listen, I mean, what are we doing with our lives? (laughs) VMAs, the Met Gala. It's like, I mean, the, the, Look at the hosts for the Met Gala. I've never felt older in my life. I'm sure they'll do an amazing job, but those people's ages individually don't add up to my age. It's Timothy Chalamet, Billie Eilish, Mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka, and Amanda Gorman. The four youngest, most talented people in the United States (laughs) who I could be their mom. I mean, I'm definitely, I've definitely given birth to at least one of them. I mean, 100%. And I'm like, can they even stay out that late? Do they're, is that okay with their parents? But they can. They're full adults. I don't understand anything anymore. They're full adults who can, who can host the Met Gala. Well, I can also continue to not be invited to the Met Gala. <laughs> the only person I've ever cared about really at the Met Gala is Lizzo. I remember. Yeah, it can't, again, can't get cooler than Lizzo. And everybody's dresses are fine and fun. It's just like not a world that I I exist in, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like like exactly the exact same station I was in high school, you know? <laughs> Truly. Like I'm like people, I do think people like me and I think that like some people think I'm like kind of fucking cool and then some people are just like, yeah, I don't get it. She's not invited. The people at the Met Gala are just regular people. They put on their couture gowns, one shapewear leg at a time. Just like no, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> there is a that is not true. There is a team. There is a team assembled. A pit helping crew. Them. Yes. There's a pit crew that is buttoning every little tiny button. Yes. And lacing every little tiny lace, and they just stand there frozen. Listen, hungry. It's true, but everyone at the Met Gala, they all get diarrhea. Everyone at the Met Gala, they've all cried about being sad before. But do they get as much diarrhea as I get? Nobody gets as much diarrhea no, as you that's get. that's true. Yeah. Correct answer. Anyway, guys, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> um, we love you. We're going to do our book club in October. If you haven't read the book yet get the book you still have a little time and we're gonna um send out information about how we're gonna do it how we can all gather in one place online to do the book club and uh also we're working on that newsletter we are figuring it out oh shit we didn't even fucking talk about the newsletter situation (laughs) are you kidding me casey how is this not a thing we need to plan better this fucking podcast we need to talk about this shit Okay, guys, first of all, can I just tell you this? That when I floated the fucking newsletter idea, in no way, shape, or form did I know that 
Facebook was launching their own newsletter fucking platform three days later. No one asked me to be a part of it. No one offered me their Facebook fucking blood money to like get your information. I am not doing a fucking Facebook newsletter. I literally had the idea on the plane because it was a thing based sort of in what Casey and I had been trying to do in 2019. And then Casey had said to me, hey, maybe I could just do my own newsletter. I have some friends that are doing on Patreon. And I was like, my ego was like, don't do that because we need to do this big thing. And like, it needs to be like a big thing to show those fucking people at E that they fucked up or whatever. (laughs) Then the world ended and then we've all been humbled. And then I was on an airplane and I was like, you know what we should, you know what I like doing? I like this. I like, I got that email from uh, summer. Yes. Just from people saying how much they love the merch, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? This is what I like. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what the return is. I want to like, just put things that are nice into the world for people who want to read it, who people are interested in. People are always asking me for my whatever, blah, blah, blah. Fucking email Casey. I'm like, all right, girl newsletter it's on. (laughs) And also like, it can just be like low pro I don't want to charge people for it. I don't want to go behind a paywall. Like right. my whole thing, like all the shit still stands. I don't want to be like affiliated with like a fucking horrible company that's just like using it for data mining so that they can sell your shit to other places and people, even though we can all justify anything because we want to make money. The point is, I can't fucking believe that. <laughs> And you guys, if you like literally thought like, ah, fuck her, like she, I, we had no fucking idea. We weren't, neither one of us had been approached by Facebook. And in fact, I'm just going to fucking say it right now. The horrible meeting that we had where they tried to charge us $30 (laughs) to get out of the fucking fucking law was Facebook. Okay. That's it guys. So I just, I'm going to say it because I give two fucks and I'm going to cry in the woods for a week. I did not know when we floated the idea of the newsletter to you guys, we didn't know that literally three days later, everyone you follow on Instagram would be (laughs) announcing their newsletter. (laughs) So I just want to say that, that for the record, for the fucking record. (laughs) So just in case you had a moment and I think we're still going to do it and yeah, we are. We're just not going to use the fucking Facebook site fucking server to data mine your shit. <laughs> we're going to data mine it in other ways. <laughs> True to form, we're just going to make up our own thing and do it our we're own make way. Up our own fucking thing. Because I fucking hate everything. Everything is already tainted. <laughs> and this like, is altruistic. Like, guys, I just want to like give you some like. We just want to like share with you some tips. AKA data mine. <laughs> that was not the fucking intention. No, no. And also, I'm not paying $30 for your fucking parking lot, Facebook. <laughs> I'm like roller girl. I'm like smashing them in the face with my fucking roller skate. <laughs> Don't you ever disrespect me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a 
Boogie Nights reference. Yes. That's, just like a, that's a very chill Boogie Nights reference. It's very, Don't worry about it. Boogie Nights is very popular in my house. It's the whole reason we moved to California. Um, to be fair, maybe Facebook didn't approach you because you're not on Facebook. And maybe they were like, we know she's not interested. Maybe Facebook didn't approach me because we had a fucking ridiculous <laughs> meeting with them where they were fucking rude to us and then tried to charge us to get out of their fucking parking lot. <sighs> That could be. That could be. Yeah, that could fucking be. That could be. And they're fucking bullshit fucking assholes who like literally got Trump elected and just spread misinformation until they're like, whoopsies, did that ruin the world? Oh, well, it was a fun experiment. (laughs) At least we know stuff now about people's habits. Which brings me to the point that if you would like to join the Busy Phillips is doing her best Facebook group. Send us a message. I just have an actual spit take. I just spit water onto the computer. Hold on, I gotta wipe it off so it doesn't ruin the computer. Oh my god, that was an actual spit take. Oh my god. But just know that we're not mining your data. We don't know how. Well, I mean, Facebook for sure is. Yeah, they are. They are. But we're not. But you've consented to that by just being on Facebook. And Casey, I have nothing to do with that. Casey did it. And yes, guys, I know that Instagram is owned by Facebook. (laughs) And by the way, I know that there's a tracker in my fucking pocket at all times. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're all a part of the machine. We're all a part of the system. We're cogs. I get it. Trust us. If we were going to track you, we'd do it through tampons. I mean, I don't know why we are not. <laughs> We'd put microchips in tampons and, and follow follow your your goings on. All right, listen, there's not much more to say. There's not there's not a lot more we Sorry, can... I really went off. I, I mean, and then the spit take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, we love you. We'll keep oh my God, we love you so much. And I swear to God, when that happened, I you I we might have I might post the with the texts between me and Casey because I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Did you know this was gonna happen? She's like, No. I was like, wait, how come this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person are all announcing that they're launching a fucking uh newsletter today? And Casey's like, cause Facebook just announced. Uh. I'm sure those newsletters are great, but we're going to do it our own way. We're going to just make it Listen, up. no, it's no shade to anyone who decided no. to take the fucking blood money of Facebook. You know what I mean? It's no shade to that. Listen, you get yours and then just do good things with the money that you get. That's yes. all I'm asking. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just like, I just couldn't fucking believe it yeah. after everything. After the like last fucking couple of years that we've had, it is... It is something else. It's I perf- do have to say. A perfect. It was, it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel like it was something else. And like on that, on top of that week that I was having and like, which was the culmination of a met of many weeks now at this point. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe that's what turned the corner for me. Oh my God. Maybe, maybe. But Lord knows I've been there before when I'm like, Hey, we should have like a Halloween party. And then everyone in the group looks at me and they're like, well, we are. We, we've been planning it. And then I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. Okay, got it, got it. You're having a Halloween party. Why don't we know about these things? <laughs> Why aren't we invited to the fucking party? I don't know. You know what? We're making our own party with you. All of you. Just you. You heard me. Is that a good <laughs> you sales? You one person. <laughs> good sales tactic. 
We're making a less cool party with all of you. (laughs) I think, you know what? You know what? That's the party I want to go to. Of course. Obviously. Obviously. Meet meet us at the less cool party, everyone, next week. (laughs) Well, the less cool party is cool because, first of all, I definitely let you drink. Secondly... (laughs) Casey has mushrooms we can microdose on. (laughs) (laughs) Thirdly, you know I've got good weed. Fourth, this has just been all about drugs so far. But (laughs) you guys, I love you. I'm going to go get my chicken now. Bye. Oh, no.